Hello and welcome to Masters of Divinity. I am your moderator, JP, and I am here as always with Father Chuck. As always. Well, I'm just, I'm just not realizing this is the first episode I've recorded in like <laughs> in like three episodes. Oh, that's right. Wow. That's right. Yeah. So the past, the, the, I've, I've been moderating the past several of them. I know. Me and Father Fun just holding down the fort. I'm just like snuggling right back into it, you know, like it's like I never got off. Like it's it like actually right does feel that way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like we, everyone's just like, oh, oh there's like three episodes, of no JP. And now he's here all of a sudden and he just expects me to just let him walk right back into my life. Yes. That's crazy. I mean, because it's what it was like three episodes that you were away yeah. that you were just editing. And then we've been away for like three weeks because of various things, including the birth of my daughter. Right. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Month old on Sunday, she was. Yes. Congratulations and welcome to Earth, uh, Coravan. Matt's going to be here in just a minute. Uh, he's being occasional as, as he is. Uh, we're also here um, with one of our fans who also happens to be one of our contributors. If you uh, have been listening to us for a while, you'll know that we have a Patreon. And if you contribute to it, you get some, uh, you'll, well, uh, you'll uh, eventually get some cool perks. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, don't have Gund- I don't have Gundams to give away anymore. Yeah, uh, we're also here uh, with uh, Mike, who is one of our contributors and a big fan of the podcast. And uh, Mike, we are so glad have you here and we're also very glad uh we're very thankful for all your uh, your uh contributions to the podcast yes. uh, my absolute pleasure thank and you for the good the good content thank you and uh that's and so that's what you get if you contribute to the podcast you, you get you, you get an episode uh and because <laughs> of his contributions we've allowed him to be in this episode with us and he's also decided uh our topic which we'll get to in just a minute which well, I mean, you probably know what it is um there's a big giant boulder behind me <laughs> Uh, it's subtle. The the title is also probably a big part of it too. Um, so, Mike, why don't you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself? This is actually kind of our first time uh, meeting you face to face. So, who are you? What do you do? Um, I, I will say it's a little surreal. Uh, uh, you guys talking to me rather than just just <laughs> at me through the medium of YouTube. So, right, it's, it's a little it's taking a little bit of getting used to. I forget I'm on camera. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm I'm living in Western Canada. Um, uh, I'm about the same age as you guys. Similar, uh, similar, growing up. Um, Great. So the SEO is working. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's... <laughs> it's working really well. Um, yeah, I've been a, a listener and watcher of your podcast for probably about three years now. I think. All right, that, um, you're you're uh, you're hardcore. Then that's almost a lifer. Yeah. Like we started, I think, four years ago. Yeah. So yeah, you've been you've been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah how, how when did... I came in, when I came in, I think you were episode fifty thereabouts. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. that feels like a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, that's great, man. Um. That means you've what? you've kind of seen us in all forms. <laughs> I got. I have to ask. So, what was your first episode? Uh, the first episode I actually uh, listened to was your Star Trek twenty fifth or fiftieth anniversary, rather. Okay, that was the first one I listened to. Um, I was looking for a, a theology podcast to listen to on my way to work. Um, I was scrolling through, and uh, no, no, oh, Joel Osteen, no, uh, just kept going. Uh, and then, wait, wait, was that a Masters of the Universe logo? I just kind of scrolled <laughs> back up. Like, okay, I'll give that one a try. Uh, scroll through the episodes, got that one because I'm a huge Star Trek nerd. Uh, nice. And within, you know, the first couple of minutes. 
Uh, I hear Father Chuck refer to uh, to Matt as a as a Calvinist because he preferred the Kelvin timeline. <laughs> yeah. Like with puns like that, these are my people. These are my guys. Uh, uh, I'll, I will to that say, and then just went back to the beginning and went all the way through. I think Calvinism is our is our finest joke. Uh, <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> I've tried to use it in other spaces of the internet, not catching on, but that's okay. I don't want I don't want people ripping it off. It's ours. It belongs to us. We're gonna it. Persistence is key. It's our fetch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's actually really cool. I, we like hearing uh, about that kind of stuff. It's it's also really encouraging that you know, meeting people who listen to the podcast because it really is. Sometimes it just feels like just like the three of us just shouting at each other and at the void. Uh, and you know, we have these numbers on SoundCloud, um, but we don't, we, we don't trust those numbers. They could be robots <laughs> for all we know. <laughs> so interact. So we, we know, we, we know of you cause you've been inter- interacting with us on our Facebook page and stuff, which by the way, we have a Facebook page. If you want to, uh, find that and like that, you'll have access to all of our content there. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how we, you know, know about you. Um, so yeah. Uh, so as part of our um, perks for being a patron, we've allowed him on the episode and also to uh, choose our topic. And uh, Mike, why don't you why don't you tell the guests what we're talking about today? The topic for today is something near and dear to my heart, and that's uh, the Indiana Jones franchise. Yeah. Uh, I I initially suggested the the three movies. It is a trilogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I thought that might be fun because it's a good mix. It, obviously, they're great films. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Uh, and influential. There's a theology bent to it, so I figured it all kind of be much perfect. Yeah, it yeah, is when, perfect. When Matt when Matt mentioned to us that you had suggested the Indiana Jones trilogy, his comment to us was, "I can't believe we hadn't thought of this before. <laughs> like this is totally it hits all the stuff. Like it, it's totally up our alley. It's theology. It's adventure. It's fantasy. It's all of that. And I can so, go on." wild tangents about cinema yeah as yeah. you did on your instagram account <laughs> oh that was fun i'll <laughs> talk about that later um, um matt says he's on oh he's on okay let's see the occasion is here it's kairos time <laughs> what so there's two types of time spoken of in the bible there's kairos time and there's chronos time chronos oh. time is like measured calendar time kairos time is like the fullness of time when things are right. And so now when Matt is here, he arrives at Kairos time. It is the right time. I'm, I timed that. Check it out. Yeah, I was talking about Kairos time, Mike, Matt. Wonderful. I'm going to have a problem with this Mike Matt thing, by the way. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. Huh? Probably talk to them for a whole 30 seconds. So they probably already got you set up to replace me on the podcast. It's fine. That's how it works. Sure. I think, um, I, I think, they, need, I think they need a token non-bearded person <laughs> that's true so I don't think that's that true work. we can't just be a bunch of white guys with beers in this podcast we'll, we'll it's, yeah. can't uh yeah, well we won't stand out at all it's only because i professionally cannot have it <laughs> so cool all right well we just did uh, introductions matt and we're in, and um, mike just told us why he chose uh indiana jones and what the topic is and stuff like that and uh, did you notice the behind me oh yeah oh yeah that's you cool didn't... that's cool you didn't say anything, so that's why I'm asking no, you. I mean, I, I, I'm on a phone screen, JP. <laughs> I barely noticed that there's three faces talking to me. Good. Um, they're just kind of moving dots. But sure. It's all good. Sure. It's all good. Okay. 
<laughs> Great. Can okay. I, can I just say? Can yeah. I just say something real quick? I just have another thing. I have to sort of expunge from my brain. Otherwise, it's going to bug me. Every time we talk right now, I'm like resisting, like actively resisting, like, like, not just doing the Indiana Jones theme. <laughs> <laughs> I have like all the themes in my head going on at the same time because I binged them all last night. Okay. Um, I didn't finish Crystal Skull though because I didn't. I ran out of time. That's all right. You shouldn't have started Crystal Skull. <laughs> oh, oh, we're gonna have fun. We, 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 we got, got the first we, two acts. You're yeah. good. After the third, <laughs> this oh, is gonna be fun. fun. Okay, so let's dive in, boys. Uh, I wanted to start off, before we get to Indy, let's talk about the man behind Indiana Jones for just a minute. And I'm talking, of George course... Lucas. Well, we'll, we'll... Sean Patrick Flannery? <laughs> River Phoenix, obviously. <laughs> um, I'm talking, of course, about Harrison Ford. Um, kind of... I don't know. I don't think... I think Harrison Ford is a sort of linchpin of Indiana Jones. I think if anyone else had played him... One of the, one of the picks was Tom Selleck. <laughs> it would yeah. have been a completely different... Uh, Raiders would have been a completely different movie if like Tom Selleck had played Harrison oh, yeah. Ford. Oh, yeah, and if, and if anybody listening ha- didn't know that already, go to YouTube and look up the screen test of him playing Indiana Jones. Oh, I've never watched uh, a screen test before. Seriously, yeah. you've never seen it's no. the bar scene where they're oh, the talking scene, in the yeah. bar. Yeah, I mean tavern. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting, and I can't say he's horrible, but it's not Indiana Jones. Hello, Murphy. We ended up doing a screen test with uh, Tom Selleck and Sean Young, and it was really, really good. I mean, they were both terrific actors, and it turned out really well. Look, I did what I did. I don't expect you to be happy about it, but maybe it can do us both some good. Why start Just now? Just shut up. Shut up and listen to me. Now, I need that piece your father had. So, right. It would have been a very different world. And there was, and there was an episode of Magnum P.I. where they spoofed Indiana Jones. Was there? Uh, so if you, if you ever want to get a, a, a picture in your head of what that was like. <laughs> I got to seek that <laughs> out. That would be great. I love Magnum P.I. And Chuck should watch that too. He's, I mean, he's basically yeah, Magnum P.I. now. I live in Magnum P.I. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, Harrison Ford to me is the linchpin of, of, of Indiana Jones. Uh, I think he was sort of like kind of the rarity uh, actor of his time that like perfectly fit like what Spielberg and Lucas were looking for, which was like someone who could uh, bring back that sort of presence that you felt with actors like Humphrey Bogart, Cary Grant. Um, I'm blanking. Uh, what, was, what was the other one I was thinking about? Crap. Crap. Clark Gable. Um, these were all like actors that I, I think, I mean, m- more so Humphrey Bogart from the movie Treasure of Sierra Madre. Um, but these are the kind of actors that, you know, Harrison Ford kind of definitely embodies and i think he might be actually like one of the last like him and i think jack nicholson um so yeah and i think that that presence was needed to kind of make this movie so distinct in that it's supposed to be that sort of republic pictures serial uh kind of feel and you need that presence of someone like harrison ford uh but what do you guys uh think about harrison ford and on such a broad question like I'm just asking you white guys and, and millennials like what they thought about Harrison Ford. Like, what's? <laughs> uh, he's basically I, my dad. That what? what? <laughs> I think 
well, I mean, Harrison Ford is the fact that there is sort of a grumpiness to Harrison Ford. Yeah, really helps mm-hmm. because you kind of get the sense that he's somewhat put upon all the time. <laughs> yeah, um, and um, you know, and you kind of, especially when he's in the classroom, you get the sense it really comes across that it's like. He's doing this because he has to. Mm-hmm. He would much rather be out adventuring. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, by all accounts, he's a good teacher, but he can tell that that's not what that that's not what he lives for, right? He's that's the that's what's paying the bills, so he can do the other thing, right? That's the that's the making the movie Titanic, so that you can go out and actually see the Titanic in your submarine, right? <laughs> yeah. James right. Cameron reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, Are you saying James which, Cameron is a modern day Indiana Jones? sure why not um but uh i uh i think that tom Selleck, getting back to that conversation tom Selleck would come across as somebody yet he would probably like you could see him like enjoy teaching (laughs) yeah he's almost like a sitcom teacher right like he's almost like a like a mr cooper or uh or head of the class um yeah mr cooper i said mr cooper was mr cooper even a teacher well there's hanging with mr cooper which was right yeah Yeah, there was a show was he a teacher yeah, I think, so. uh, I think he was. Wasn't he like a uh, a gym teacher? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, okay, good, good. I just wanted to be sure I didn't. But yeah, I was like Mr. Cotter. Um, but um, so I think that adds something to the character of Indiana Jones. That, like you said, Harrison Ford is like, no one else could really do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Like I, I don't know that I. You may take me to task for this. I don't know that I would ever list Harrison Ford as like a great actor. Hmm. He doesn't have a lot of range. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like he, he plays, he plays that guy, right? The, the lovable rogue. That's his, yeah. that's his character. Yeah. Forever. I think he, do, he does that. I think that's probably his best, uh, muscle that he flexes. Um, but it is fun to watch and do drama. Like the movie, uh, witness, um, he's great in that. And there's another movie. His his personal favorite role, which is a role I really like too, is a movie called um, The Mosquito Coast. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and that's a really that's an interesting role for him because this dude's like a fanatic. Like Harrison Ford, just, Ford playing a fanatic is it's kind of it's it's interesting. Yeah. I, I just heard that movie talked about recently. Sorry, JP, but I just heard Mosquito Coast talked about recently, and it was kind of in the context of the discussion you're all having right now. Yeah. Um. And the people who were having that discussion said they think that's when he became locked into what we think and know as Harrison Ford style acting was because he poured his everything into Mosquito Cove and it wasn't really. So he just kind of was like, okay, whatever. And went with the Harrison Ford. We all Hmm. know and love being Harrison Ford. It's a really interesting movie directed by Peter Weir. Uh, He's, he directed like Truman show and a bunch of other really good movies. Um, but like, yeah, he's kind of, he takes like, it's a, it's a totally different Harrison Ford. He's not really used to seeing, and he's also acting opposite of like, uh, um, uh, River Phoenix is where he met him and how River Phoenix, Phoenix got to be in last crusade. Um, but, uh, but I can't, I can't see him doing comedy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I can't see him. I can't see him in like airplane or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not there. Yeah. Well, which would, it would be great to like see him try though. Like I, 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 he may not be good at it, but I, I, I love to see him try. Uh, I mean, I mean, my favorite comedic role 
my big comedic moment with Harrison Ford is when he was on, I think it was Conan O'Brien, and they bring out Chewbacca, <laughs> and they have this, like, back and forth. You slept it's with like, my wife. Yeah. <laughs> she was my wife. Like, he does a really good job with that. Yeah. yeah. And I, he's got he's got comedic, like, the romance comedy comedic roles out there um, where you can kind of see a hint of what he would be as a... Um, comedic actor because mm-hmm. um, like what's the romantic comedy one he's in are you thinking about Sabrina is, it, is that it Sabrina? with uh, with Greg Kinnear and I think so Julia but, Margulies but, I think it was yeah, yeah but there's but there's glimpses of there's glimpses of his comedic I mean six days seven nights <laughs> yeah. um, he's he's hilarious in that and he's Indiana Jones in that like pretty much that's that's a better Indiana Jones sequel than Crystal Skull any any day of the week. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just he he. So he's got examples. I I could see it, but it would be a stretch. So I would want to see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's all because he can be hilarious. So all right, so let's talk about Indiana Jones, uh, the man himself, and like where he came from. Uh, so the so legend has it. Uh, is that Indiana Jones is sort of the brainchild of George Lucas himself, uh, coming from his own sort of interest in the paranormal, the supernatural, also history, and, of course, the serial movies above he and Spielberg grew up with. And I think it was... Was it... What movie did Spielberg have finished? Close Encounters, I think. Uh, was, it, was it Close Encounters, or was it... Um... I think Poltergeist. Was, Poltergeist. No, no, Poltergeist came after Raiders. It, well, he, I think he just finished Close Encounters, and they were waiting on the box office numbers. And he went to Hawaii with George Lucas. Yeah. Um, all it ends up back in Hawaii. I mean, Chuck. All comes back to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> they were on vacation do, there. Up and go to Hawaii. And they were just talking. And as York said, you know, I think it'd be really cool if I if I got to do, if they let me do a James Bond movie. Um, and apparently he actually tried to do a James Bond movie, but they wouldn't let him for some reason. I think it was like a rights issue. I don't know. Something about American directing it. Who knows? Um, and um, George Lucas said, well, you don't have to direct a James Bond movie. I, I have a James Bond character that you can use. And that's and that's when he pitched Indiana Jones. And that's I think that's interesting because um, both Spielberg and Lucas have like kind of two completely different approaches Indiana Jones that are sort of somehow synthesized perfectly in the movies, which is that Spielberg approaches him as sort of like this kind of like like James Bond, as like a playboy, uh, control of every situation he's in, you know, again, again, really cool guy against the world, and Lucas always sort of envisions him as like this really, uh, very intelligent and uh, historically aware person. He thought that was enough for for. Uh, to speak for Indiana Jones. Uh, but I, I think they kind of collide in the movies. It's sort of an interesting marriage of the two. Because he's definitely both <laughs> in, yeah. in all the movies. Yeah, because what's funny is what he comes across as is kind of a grown man-child pretending that he's James Bond when he's actually smart enough and intelligent and uh, talented enough to be James Bond, but yeah. it's like he comes across as a as a grown man playing. He's not in quite movies, in like, control of everything. He's, he's right. In. <laughs> he, 
he's playing the cool guy, but he's kind of stumbling his way through what's happening and just happening to work. Like, right. So it's, it's cool. Um, so, uh, so yeah, they created the character, had their own sort of contributions created by, by Lucas Spielberg had his own contributions and then they hired, uh, Lawrence Kasdan, uh, to write the script for Raiders. And so like, Lawrence Kasdan actually is kind of responsible for most of who Indiana Jones is because he wrote the script for Raiders of Lost Ark. And, um, and then also there's the legendary outfit, which, a little bit of trivia, the designer of the outfit was uh, Deborah uh, Nadelman. Uh, she's the one that uh, kind of took inspiration from a movie called, uh, I think it was called Curse of the Incas, with Charlton Heston, he wears like the leather jet, leather bomber jacket and a fedora, and also Humphrey Bogart from Treasure of Sierra Madre, also with fedora and sort of like a kind of a ragged, uh, you know, dress shirt that he wears, that sort of linen shirt. Um, little, but a little trivia about Deborah: she also designed another uh, famous jacket, one that we spoke about on this podcast recently, and that is the Thriller jacket. Ah, I was going to say that. Yeah, she was married to. Um, Oh, you don't have to mention him. Uh, John Landis. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, it's, I feel like that's another thing that's always going to come back to in this podcast is John Landis. And I always have to mention him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, she came up with that. And then, um, of course, legendary comic book artist Jim Steranko was hired to do um, the concept art for Raiders. I don't know if have you guys ever seen those. Mm-hmm. photos before i've seen me... i've seen some yeah. uh but it, it looked it looked just like those like comic books from the 30s like, yeah it also so they also kind of remind me of like gi joe inserts because yeah. didn't Starenko yeah. do some gi joe art chuck i don't know oh so... i think i think he did i feel like gi joe i think he did the uh the, the the cards yeah i feel like he may have done the cards like the the the, the packaging right because it, it looks like those let me see if i can uh I'm going to try to send one. Cool. All right. So that's a cool little origin story about uh, Indiana Jones, if you weren't uh, familiar. All right. So let's talk about Indiana Jones and why we love him so much. Why? I mean, obviously, we have some affection for the character. We felt where we're talking about him as, as grown men. And we were probably introduced to him when we were children. So um, I'll start with you, Chuck. Why do you like Indiana Jones so much? Well, what is it about him? Uh, that you find so appealing as the character. I really don't know. I really don't know how to pinpoint that. No, no. When was the first time you watched an Indiana Jones movie? Um, I, I have. I probably saw um, Temple of Doom was probably the first Indiana Jones movie I ever saw. It was on TV. Okay. I can remember I was I was I had to be like five or six years old. It was at the duplex that my mom and I lived in. And the only thing that I remember from that time um, and full confession, I did not because I have a newborn child. I did not have uh, the opportunity to revisit the movies uh, for this conversation, except for the fact that I watched uh, Crystal Skull not too long ago. So um, but I've also but I have seen um, I have seen Raiders a few times, but I've seen Last Crusade like just so many times. Um but my my uh, but my, the only thing I remember from Temple of Doom is you know like eyeballs in the soup and like monkey brain and all that kind of stuff from that from that scene. Temple of Doom um, really is the most like culturally appropriate 
the most authentic uh, depiction of Indian culture uh, I've ever yes. seen portrayed on cinema. You know, uh, you know, it, it is true. It is true. I mean, every Indian restaurant I've ever eaten at looks just like that <laughs> situation. Um, I, I don't mean that. I, just, I feel like I feel like in this internet climate, I need to add a little disclaimer. That, like, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, not many people know that the voodoo right? doll came from India. <laughs> so, yeah, not Haiti. So the uh, so no, but I, my, my 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 really fond memories of Indiana Jones, and I think really the first movie that I can remember, like actually engaging with was last crusade because i saw it in theaters right yeah me too 1989 what a what a time for movies um and i i think what i what i really gravitated to in that was the blend of like action and humor and just the scale of like excitement and all that and i i always i always really like history even when i was little Mm -hmm. and so Indiana Jones and that like his engagement with like history and all of that. Like there was a period of time where I, you know, I, I wanted to be an archaeologist because of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, and I mean, but it was like brief. I was like, you know, like seven or eight where I was like, yay, archaeology. Um, but that that so I, as a character, I don't know. Like that's that's really tough. Um, I did also watch the young Indiana Jones Chronicles a lot yeah. when they were out when I was a kid. Um, it was actually how I was introduced to Teddy Roosevelt as a historical figure who I just like fell in love with because of Indiana Jones. Um, and I think if, if, if my interest in Teddy Roosevelt is somehow like my vicarious way of like blending into like Indiana Jones type stuff, um, it's probably just sort of like this sort of classical masculine, Thing where he's not overbearing over like you know like mean yeah but like he's confident right and courageous and courageous and but also like you can tell there's a tender side there mm-hmm. um you know like teddy roosevelt was a conservationist you know he cared about the natural world it wasn't just about subduing the natural world it was about preserving it um and i think those qualities are kind of there with indy you know he's you know he's going to punch stuff he's going to blow stuff up but he's also going to make sure that this artifact is taken care of and right. he seems to care about he seems to care some degree about like the cultures and stuff where they come from it's not just like we're going to take this you know from you savages right, right. there's yeah. like a you know, there's a he's he's preserving it because other like powers are trying to get it, and he wants it to be safe. Right, which is like what you're, yeah, you're you're kind of perfectly describing like the sort of the crux of Temple of Doom, where yeah. he's kind of confronting yeah. his idea of fortune and glory and sort of giving it up. Yeah, and in Temple, in Temple, he when he they first get to the village, he's like, I, I'd love to help, but I'm not interested. Like, I I want to go home. I gotta get I gotta get back to my life. And then he finds out. You know, the kids are missing and all this. You can see him kind of go, okay, well, that's, yeah, I mean, that sucks. Yeah. And then they go, oh, but our, our Sankara stone is missing. And he's like, oh, oh, hang on. <laughs> you didn't say there was a there was a, a, a religious stone. That's a different story. Yeah. Now I'm in. Shivalinga, yeah. Yeah. All right, Matt, what about you, buddy? I mean, I feel like you may have a few things to say. Um, <laughs> is that A few things to say. Um, 
Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I'm just listening. It's one of those times again where I feel like I forgot I'm on the podcast <laughs> and I'm enjoying listening to it instead. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, 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 the character. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else I got to say other than what everybody's already said. Well, I just want to know what, how, what it means to you personally. He, like, just... he was, he was probably the biggest part of my childhood next to James Bond. Um, which is why my son's name is Bond and not Indiana, um, which I'm sure he's very grateful for. You could have named him Bond Indiana James, but that's... Um, And, no, too much. much. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, he he was... Well, let me me think about it this way. Um, We're going to go back, travel back in time with me to the 80s when this was when we were discovering him and probably when all of us were getting into Indiana Jones and running around and pretending to be him. And um, then when it was, I was like seven or eight, just like Chuck, I was convinced I was going to be an archeologist. Um, the difference is I was convinced of that until Jurassic Park changed it to paleontologist. Um, but yeah. um, so we're going to travel back in time here. So I'm going to Mike, Mike's going to be so glad he joined us for this episode. Cause Chuck's thrown out all these comments about he's so excited to be on that one. I'm going to remove the discussion about gender binary thinking and go back to the 80s when you were told to be a man. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, like Tom Hanks is the man your mom wanted you to grow up to be and Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones is the man you wanted to grow up and be. Like, he's the rough, tough, but he cared. He... He's the guy who you're like, man, he won't take crap from anybody. He'll beat you up. But in he the smells end, like old spice. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's, we just watched the episode of New Girl last night that my wife and I are obsessed with. We just randomly watch it for no reason where he's like, it smells like Shakespeare. Shakespeare drank brandy and was made road leather. And like, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but yeah, he, he was he was the tough guy who had a heart. So he was the guy who you're like. That's who I want to be. I want to be the tough guy who could take on everybody, who could like take the world on. He, I mean, he can take Nazis on by himself. Come on, like Nazis and evils, like heart ripping people. And yeah. apparently, there's like aliens or something. But anyway, um, he can like take on Nazis, but secretly, you're also like, but like he's also cool because he cares, and I want to like care. But you didn't tell people that part of it. You just wore the whip on your belt and whatever jacket you could find and ran around pretending to beat up Nazis. But you wanted to be him completely. Like Indiana Jones was, he is, he's James Bond level cool, but more heart, more caring, more empathy toward people. Um, And that's, that's, I don't know. That's what the character to me was like the Hollywood equivalent of that's not just, I want to be Indiana Jones when I grow up. No, it's like, that's the person I want to be when I grow up. Um, the guy you can count on, but also the guy you can't make do anything. Um, the guy who every decision he makes is going to be based on what he believes and why he believes it. But you know, he's got your back in the end also. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to be that guy. So that's what he means to me is, yeah, it's just that's, that that was the epitome of being a manly man was Indiana Jones. Okay. 
Great. No, great answer, Matt. That's a good answer. Mike, how about you? For me, it was, it was, uh, it was the mix of, of brains and brawn, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we were kids, you know, like Matt said, every every man was a man's man, kind of thing. Uh, and the uh, the intelligent ones were the nerds. Where I'll just sit over here and I'll do this on I'll read this book and I'll tell you what to do. And then the guy, the other guy, goes out and punches people in the face. Uh, with Indiana Jones, it was he couldn't get to the point where he could punch people in the face without the intelligence behind it, right? He had to do the research. He had to to read about this and read about that. And he had to have all this knowledge, and that led him on these these grand, huge adventures where he happened to punch people in the face. Uh, so for me, that was that was an interesting mix. I hadn't seen that before, right? I had seen uh, the closest I guess I had come was like uh, maybe Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah. that was that was about as close as i got uh and it was really interesting and and as a as a kid i was like yeah yes so being smart is the way to to do all the cool things uh and that that really like I, it made me want to be an archaeologist too right <laughs> um uh I, I, until jurassic park but jurassic park did make me want to be a paleontologist maybe want to be a geneticist weirdly <laughs> nice. you know, i wanted to be I've heard that i one, wanted yeah. to be doctor I don't need Dr. Henry Wu. Uh, you, just want to, you just wanted to be the one responsible for the end of the world. That's fine. Yeah. Somebody's got to be. Somebody's hey, <laughs> can I say thank you for you, – you, you, you actually get Kirk? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. So, many people, so many people like to characterize Kirk as just like whiz-bang. That's Han Solo dude. basically. Right. They, they forget yeah. the fact that he's – depicted in the show as like super smart actually and he's very studied i mean like they describe him in the original series as being a walking stack of books yeah um so yeah it was funny because when you said kirk i was like ah, he's like kirk that's that's the that, that. kirk kirk is in indiana jones yeah. and you said it like as i was thinking kirk, it, so. kirk beat the kobayashi maru he, he built a, a cannon to be to defeat the gorn i mean come on you got to yeah. be smart to do those things uh but for me that's what it was that that was that interesting mix that really appealed to me as a kid like i have to say something that Mike talked about the the brain and brawn thing, and he mentioned you know like the there was always the nerds and then the tough guy, but and how Indiana Jones was the two of those brought together. And as he's talking that, I couldn't help but think I even love the way that we are introduced to him as you know Indiana Jones. We the the scene is opening this action adventure whatever, and then we are immediately like thrown for a loop when in the next scene he's kind of like the Clark Kent to Superman. Mm-hmm. He's got the glasses on, the bow tie. The, Gray suit. The, the, the suit and it's just like mega nerd and then what the whole movie does per- per- perfectly if I could talk is show you that the quote unquote super guy is also the mega nerd like there's no difference because he's still bumbling around, he's still nerdy like when he interacts with a woman, he becomes like a blah blah blah. Well, like that's it, it's just it's great. <laughs> that's the part I, I wanted to point it. out. Despite the fact that he's a nerd, uh, all, all all the all the students still think he's hot. Um, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, well, that I mean, <laughs> the student this is that has to love you on her eyelids. Yeah, on her eye. That used to freak me out. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> and the one and the one guy who leaves the, an apple for him. That's kind of a weird. Like I don't even mm-hmm. remember that part in Raiders. It was the 30s, man. It was the time. <laughs> I I think um, one thing too about about it is, you know, you as you get older, you start wondering about what do your teachers do, like yeah. 
on their on their on their off time, right? You kind of have these wonders, like, what do they do? Are they just always teaching? And so the idea that your teacher is like out doing all this international travel and like saving the world, like that's kind of a cool idea. Oh yeah, totally. I love and, it. Yeah, instead of like working the garden center at Lowe's. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Here's a rabbit hole you could go down. You've got you've got Clark Kent and Superman, right? And you've got you know Batman and Bruce Wayne. Which of Indiana Jones adventurer and Indiana Jones professor? Which is the real one, and which is the mask? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Hashtag deep thoughts for your for your, for your Wednesday. Yeah. Um, well, uh, uh, that's that's that that to me. Sorry, I got to answer. That to me is what I sang about. That's what I was saying about how he he's he's like a man child playing James Bond is the adventurer who's got it all together is the act and when you actually get to follow him what you find out is he but yeah he can be the adventurer he can do it all but it's all as he bumbles his way through it as the nerd like he's figuring it out as he goes but somehow is able to pull off the adventure stuff that I mean if you watch the movie what Harrison Ford does great is express acting in a way where Indiana Jones is constantly surprising himself. Yeah. Like he does something and he'll have this, he'll have this look on his face. Like that worked. Or this look (laughs) on his face. Like I'm still here. Um, and then, yeah. So I, and then the, the, just the, I'm done with it. Old man. And he wasn't even old then, but even that comes out. Love it. Yeah. And that's classic scene, the sword. Right, Perfect. and that's and that's a that's something Harrison Ford brought to the character as well. I heard Steven Spielberg talk about this, saying that like his great physical acting, he's like he wanted to play Indiana Jones not as a superhero, but as someone who like who gets hurt when you get punched in the face. Like you feel it when he's dragged across the ground when he's holding onto the truck. Like you you feel the pain when he gets shot in the arm. He winces, like oh, he grits his teeth. He's like you know he, he, you feel it when he when he's hit. He's in pain. He's not like James Bond. It's just like, you know, straightening his jacket as he's saving the world. Yeah, well, that's... And side note, that's why Daniel Craig became my favorite, because he right. expresses that kind of stuff into the James Bond character. But, right. yes, carry on. Um, so, but, Mike... Well, Pier- Pierce you- Brosnan did that in the tank in Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> the best James Bond moment in the whole franchise, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you see, all the other James oh boy, Bonds are... All the other James... No, one sentence... All the other James Bonds are like the height of cool. Daniel Craig is the first one that's like tough. Yeah, like you'd be afraid. You'd be afraid of him if he's coming, but he's still cool. But you'd be afraid of him if he was coming after you. The other guys, you'd be like, "Can I hang out with you? Like, <laughs> like can I hang by you? Because maybe I'll look cooler by being by you." Um, but anyway, that was it. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Well, Mike, if if uh, there's anything else you want to add to. You know how you feel. Oh, like you're okay, cool. I'd like to save my piece as well before we start talking about the movies themselves. Um, yeah, I like. Yeah, nobody I mean, cares like, about the movie. <laughs> okay, we'll just talk. We'll just moderate. Um, so, like everybody else, you know, I was introduced to Indiana Jones as a child. I think it was Temple of Doom. That was the VHS copy uh, that I had and wore the hell out. Um, and then Raiders, something I watched a lot growing up as well. Um, but I had a really crazy experience with Raiders of the Lost Ark in that I had seen it many times. And I also saw Last Crusade in theaters with my dad. That was actually my very first uh, movie experience that I remember, that I could recall. 
I'd seen like Disney movies and stuff, like cartoons with my sisters and stuff. But my my dad took me to see Last Crusade. That was like the moment I saw my first movie. If it makes sense. Um, but I had a crazy experience with Raiders of the Lost Ark, and that I'd kind of grown up watching it. I know all these movies beat for beat. Um, I was 19 years old, living on my own in Orlando, and uh, this is when I was going to Valencia. The same time Chuck was, and um, but we didn't know each other, right? And AMC, the AMC at Pleasure Island started showing um, midnight movies and their original 35 millimeter prints. And I started going to those screenings because, you know, this is the first time I've ever seen like old movies on a big screen before. And I'd seen a good number of them. I saw Spaceballs, I saw Aliens, uh, Beetlejuice, and I think the original, the 1989 Batman. And those were all like fun. And, like, you know, I'd, I'm definitely already obsessed with those movies anyway. I grew up with those movies, too. And seeing on the big screen was fun. But when they showed Raiders of the Lost Ark, something just... It was just, like, a completely... It's like I'd never seen the movie before in my life. Like, I, you know, at this time, I'd only been watching him on, watching him on VHS. <laughs> you know, on this little box. Um, and... But seeing it in 35mm on this giant screen uh, to the point where I could, like, you can, like, see Belloc swallow the fly, uh, which is something I'd never seen before. And, like, when that happened, everyone in the crowd, like, started laughing. I don't think they'd ever seen it either. Um, but uh, I don't know. It was, like, you kind of realize, like, oh, my gosh, like, I get this movie now. Like, this is what it was. This is what it's for. This is what Indiana Jones is for. It's a movie. And uh, it was just, like, a completely it was like a religious experience <laughs> for me um because i totally took on like a totally different view of who indiana jones was it wasn't just like this cool guy who could like take on the world it's like i started seeing him as like a character and i started seeing the movies as cinema and started taking spielberg as sort of like this, as, as like an auteur and i think um that's where my relationship with Indiana jones really kind of took form was not when I was so much a kid. I mean, I was loved when I was a kid, but when I was like in college, I was like, I want to be Indiana Jones. So, and, and you, and you know, Matt and Chuck, they, they knew me in college. Um, when I went to my very first mission trip to China, um, that's when I started to sort of think of myself as like, I think I'm, I think I'm doing it. Like, I, I think I'm starting to understand how I can be, this kind of person, but like not like in a sort of weird fanboy way, where like I'm living in a fantasy, and it's also why it's also why I started wearing <laughs> this bandana. That's um, why I'm wearing it for this episode. Is that my my the bandana sort of became like my fedora. Um, but so that's just kind of like how he sort of inspired me, and my college years were sort of made up of like, you know, how would how would what would Indy do, but not. It's, it sounds. I know it sounds like a, a crazy fanboy stuff, but I'm trying not to be. Um, but there was something about it that I, I feel like I kind of needed in my life because I never really characterized myself as like a courageous person, as an adventurous person. And I think the reason why I love Indiana Jones so much is that part of it, you, what you guys have said about brains and brawn, that masculinity, that's all part of it. But there's another aspect of it that I really like that I think uh, Spielberg is responsible for. And that is his sort of sense of wonder. You know, whenever he sees an artifact or discovers an artifact, he's, like, super excited. You know, he's not, like, just, like, you know, 
I feel like any other kind of action here, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's the Ark of the Covenant. Like, let's get in, and get out of here. Let's let's go on the move. But he, but like you know, it, the first relic we fi- see him find in Raiders, he's like all wide eyed, and it's like he's like beaming. He's being real careful with it. And then um, also like when he's down in the the well of souls, not well of souls. Um, what's that? City of Tannis, right? In the map, in the map room, in the map room, Tannis? yeah, yeah, the yeah, map yeah. room of Tannis, and the sun points the direction of the arc. Like he just starts beaming, and that's also when yeah, the, the lights look, go. The look on his face is incredible. Yeah, that, I love it. And it's like that for the rest of the movies. He's just, he's like having like he's going through all these. He's like he's like getting beat up, but he when he gets that relic, he's like super stoked, right? And it's that idea. Like I feel like you know, talk. I think like the crux of toxic masculinity is like to not show any emotion. And, like, Indiana Jones shows a lot of emotion. <laughs> he really emotes. He, he lets you know when he's in pain. He lets you know when he's happy, um, when he's in love. Uh, even expresses himself to his dad. How, like, you know, disappointed he is and how he treated him and stuff. That's something I kind of really latched onto as well, which is to, like, not be afraid to be impressed. Uh, so that's why I liked... Indiana Jones so much if that makes any sense. It does. <laughs> my, my answer just sounded terrible now. No, <laughs> no, no. All of your answers were great. I thought me. he was really cool. <laughs> I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's some fun unpacking we could do, JP, with the comparison of uh, of of a artifact hunter, you know, white male, you know, upper class mm-hmm. guy going into other cultures and taking their artifacts and mission trips <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know that's that's another episode <laughs> uh, it's another episode can i can i just say just in in that vein one thing that i remember from that trip to china so so mike um when jp came back uh, from this trip to china um we we moved into an apartment together and so we like we like signed the lease he goes to china and then comes back. So, like, it, it, you know, it, it was this kind of interesting thing. Like, we knew we had this other roommate out there just sort of existing, and we were waiting for him. But when he gets back, one of the first things he does is he, he, he made a movie. He made film while he was over there. And he shows us, you know, videos of all the stuff that he did in China. And, the, and one thing that sticks out to me that whole time – and, JP, for years I wrestle. Like, I, I, like, I, I deal with this. Um, oh, no. One of the girls on the trip – you guys are at the you guys are at the Blue Temple, right? Is that what it's called? The, um, uh, the no, Heavenly Temple? The heavenly temple, right? And you're, yeah. and you're, and you're, you're taking, yeah, temple of heaven. There you go. Um, if if my wife was here, she could tell me what it was in Chinese because she's, you know, she speaks Chinese and uh, lived there for a while. But as I'm, as as you got, you're showing it off, and you're showing off, you know, all this beautiful, you know, just work that artwork that's done in this thing. I can't remember who it was on the trip, but you know exactly. We don't have to name names. <laughs> don't have to name names. Um, but you're, you're, you, you know where I'm going with this. Uh-huh. She, she says. She says, I can't believe this was all built for nothing. Yeah. I'm, like, admiring it with my camera. Like, this is amazing, beautiful artwork. And I just kind of slowly pan to her. And she's like, too bad it's all for nothing. I'm like, yeah. That's That's not what Indiana Jones would say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He would not say that. No. No. In fact, he knows, he in fact knows that the Hindu deities the Judaic Judeo-Christian God um, and aliens all exist. So um, he knows these things for fact. Right, right, right. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Yeah, that's, that's funny. I do think about that a lot too, actually. Um, So, okay, cool. Now that we've 
done that. Now let's talk about... Oh, good. We're good on time. I thought we would talk about the individual films. Um, so Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite of all of them. And uh, it may have something to do with the, my, my religious experience of seeing it on a big screen. I don't know. Uh, but also, I think out of all of them, it is the one that is the most, I want to say, artful. And that Spielberg's, uh, not just his skill, but his talent and his artfulness, artfulness are on display. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that, um, so this is, so Raiders was kind of different so far. It is Ouvre. Is that how you say it? Ouvre. 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 Um, and that he didn't, uh, he didn't go over budget. This is like the first time he's never gone over budget. Like with Jaws, he was assigned 55 days of shooting. He went shooting like 158 days. Uh, which was like a miserable experience. And that's kind of like what happened with, with all of his movies leading up to Raiders. Raiders is the first time he came in under budget and under time. And a lot of that was because he got rid of uh, what was called, what's called coverage. Coverage is when you like, okay, so like, let's say me and Chuck are having a conversation. I get a shot of me from over Chuck's shoulder. I get another shot of me like from his POV. I get a master shot, just the two of us talking. I go in from over my shoulder, uh, uh, you know, whatever, like all these different shots. He took all of that out and just sort of, he and he focused solely on uh, like concept art and storyboards. Uh, so basically like he, instead of having, you know, like the, the conversation between Indiana Jones and Belloc after he thinks, you know, uh, Marion has, has died. Um, that was all done like in a few shots. They didn't do that over and over again where they kept repeating it over and over again for like different angles. Um, everything had like a storyboard. So like everything was per- was perfectly planned out meticulously. Like every shot has a storyboard. And that's that's not actually normal for, for shooting a film. At least back then it wasn't. Um, so because of that, the movie is like very tight. You know, everything that has to happen happens. There's, there's no, there's nothing superfluous. Although... A lot of people make the argument that the uh, the airfield scene is like doesn't add anything. Um, I think it adds coolness, um, and that's all that's important. So I think it's definitely it's Spielberg when he was like still kind of like flexing those artistic muscles. You know, he was still trying to be an auteur. Um, and I think the sequel is while they're I think they're good and they're fun and they're entertaining. There, he's kind of like it feels like he's sort of eased into them a little bit like everyone else sort of eased into it they kind of know what they have to do they know what beats you know it's like say your line hit the mark and then we'll move on um but raiders i mean there's he's just doing some really cool stuff with like shadows and lighting and um the editing is really cool uh the sound design is like is immaculate <laughs> i mean i love the sound effects like my i love the punch sound effect in the indiana jones movies <laughs> Because it doesn't sound like a punch at all. <laughs> it just sounds like apparently it was like it's like celery breaking or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The punches and the gunshots are always way over the top. It's so yeah, good. Uh, even like I think like Willie slaps Indiana Jones just like that, and it's like a psh, like glass shattering. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Raiders is the most artful of of them all, and it, it really shows Spielberg like in his prime. Uh, when he was young, like after he had made Jaws, before he made Jurassic Park, and before he tried to be try to do stuff like you know he did like Empire of the Sun and the Color Purple, where he's like, oh, he's trying to win an Oscar now. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, so that's our Raiders is my favorite. And I, I and Chuck mentioned earlier that I I had done a bunch of posts on Instagram recently. I I had I had some whiskey to celebrate uh, some some harvesting, and uh, I just decided to turn to Raiders. And I just started like screenshotting all these scenes from Raiders, just like posting. Oh, there! This is why this scene is perfect. You see the shadows, and then they dissect here, and this character stays in the shadow the whole time. It was fun. And like it's I thought funny. it was way more in depth than I thought it was, but like I was a little tipsy, and you always think you're like way smarter. Then I look back at it, and I was like, "Oh, this is not that. This is actually pretty like film school." Like, <laughs> I, I, I like when it comes to Raiders. I think I agree with you. It is it's the one that feels the most like a pulp comic. Yeah, like it feels like something Mebus could have drawn. Mm-hmm. You know, like not that Mebus drew that kind of stuff, but you know what I mean? That you could almost, it, it feels like a newspaper serial. Yeah. You know, I, I, the, the, the image that pops in my head is the shot of when they're lifting up the arc and, you know, you know that it's just made with a cardboard cutout, but to do that in order to get that flat shadow to really make it defined, mm-hmm. um, the beautiful I think really, gold that surrounds it and stuff. Yeah. I think like it just hits that it's very classic. Um, and, yeah, it does. It does. It does have that. You're, like you said, in seeing on the big screen, right? You're you're seeing a movie. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, um, also, one more thing. One one more shot that I love in the movie. That's uh, that's his famous. What he's famous for is are are the oneers, right? Where he does a single take and one shot, which is the the drinking contest between Marion and the one person from the tavern. I never noticed until I saw it on the big screen that that was one shot. I thought it was like super edited, but it's not. It's all done in one shot. That whole contest. And that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of like talent you see in this movie that I feel like is a little absent from the other films. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, because I, I can't think of like I enjoy. I think my, I mean I'll just just go ahead and say my favorite one is is um, Last Crusade. Um, but I don't know that Last Crusade has like iconic shots mm-hmm. that I can think of quite like you know him seeing the gold idol for the first time in Raiders or you know the the the, the the using the post the thing to see the Never. to shine a light onto yeah onto the location of the arc or even when they lift the arc up I mean there's just these very you know and I mean in part I, I will admit that some of that might be peppered by my you know experiences of going to MGM Studios as a kid and these are the things that are like thrown <laughs> yes. in your face about this movie right. but um but it definitely but I definitely think I think I agree with you on that and that's what I think of when I think of Raiders I just think of the cinematography of it and 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 then the other piece is i can remember as a kid when i realized that it was talking about the ark of the covenant and to see like ooh, a real hollywood movie is sort of affirming my religion (laughs) like that's cool right and the idea of like the curses in the bible and all that stuff are being taken seriously and you know like the knowledge of the bible is treated as fact like that that was that was a cool thing for me as a baptist growing up to see that right uh how about you Raiders of the Lost Ark. Go. It's good. <laughs> you want to talk about the epic uh, stunt spectacular instead? It's it is. Yeah, I, I, you know the, I will. <laughs> or the adaptation. Oh yeah, the adaptation. But that wait, was fun. But let me give let me give my quick for real. But basically, you guys already said it. Um, but yeah, when I think of Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is unquestionably my favorite um but part of that is just because it's iconic 
Mm-hmm. And the reason it is, is everything you're talking about, though. They, it was a Hollywood blockbuster film of action and ghost angel things and Nazis and this guy running around with a whip and a sword and comedy and romance. And it was shot on a scale that was like watching, you know, like Ben Hur. Yeah. Um, like he's standing, opening the thing with that thunder lightning storm taking place behind that scene since I was a kid blows me away. Um, the sun sets over the, the dunes oh, yes. and stuff while they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they're, when they're digging for the ark. Yes. That's such a beautiful it's, shot. So it's, beautiful. The, it, it's just, those are the images. You, this movie was massive in its scale. Um, it created... You know, you always hear about, oh, they created a world that was so big or they created a world that was so small. Like, But this, yeah, it like opened the world up in a way where it was like you wanted to go out and explore because this movie made the world look so big, so grand, so amazing and spectacular that the awesome action and comedy and fun that's taking place in front of it, looking back, it was almost secondary to the shots we're talking about um the just the images that are burned into your head of i mean i mean even when it starts off literally small and close in the first shot of that back with the hat on um and the whip on his belt and i mean it's just we knew before we saw his face this guy's my hero like he walked on the screen and i'm like i want to be him yeah and that's um, he's like he's established first as just a, as like a silhouette so like we're familiar with the silhouette first before we know who the man is yeah it's just and that's and the movie carries that theme throughout it you're talking about the shadows the silhouette on the wall of the ark the silhouette of them digging up the ark and the thing it's like it create <laughs> i'll use another nerd reference it's like Batman's whole discussion and Batman begins about how they don't need a man. They need a, you know, it's an idea. It's a symbol. It's an, um, Indiana Jones was introduced to us as a symbol of a man before a face was given to it. And throughout the movie, it was constantly like reiterated that this is somebody larger than just this guy. Mm -hmm. He is, he is like the epitome of what you want to be the smart guy, the tough guy, the, adventurer the explorer the the lover and romancer and but constantly throughout the movie we just get these images that cut harrison ford not in a great way cut him out of it completely and put it on a scale so much bigger because you've got this massive world but his silhouette fits it right. and the dogs agree <laughs> release the house. i'm sorry i mean that's the thing that's another thing i realized is that uh that's how marion is reintroduced to Indiana Jones, she doesn't react to Indiana Jones. She reacts to his shadow yeah. on the wall. For me, uh, Raiders is I, I'm I'm not as 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 up to, up to date on technical film aspects as as JP, but uh, for me, Raiders is a perfect film. Oh, yeah. the, all the things we already talked about, right? Like the lighting, the the cinematography, the acting, everything is just perfect it is a perfect film from that perspective um what i the thing i liked about it the most i think is is that intro that matches uh, that uh, matt just alluded to uh, you know you see indiana jones and the and the music usually when you get a hero intro the music goes it goes up and it goes grand and it's 
you know, it's like, this is the hero, but when you see Indiana Jones from the back, the music goes dark. It's almost right. like, it's almost like, are we meeting the villain right now? Right? And and then it just turns into a super cool dude. Yeah. And then he goes from super cool dude to bumbling guy getting chased by the Hovitos running through the field, right? Start the playing, jock! Right? And right, yeah. <laughs> scared of snakes. And then it's like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like, am I supposed to think this guy is cool or not? Or <laughs> it kind of throws you for a little bit of a loop. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's every time I've watched that film, it's 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 not like I've seen it for the first time. That's a little too cliche. But every time, it's like this is such a good movie. Yeah, it's so good, right? right? Definitely the one I'm going to let my kids watch first. <laughs> yeah, maybe minus minus the face melty scenes. Maybe I'll save them save them that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I, I, we got to talk about I, that for a minute, like. Well, yeah, because so my my kids really kind of want to watch these movies. Um, which, by the way, my, my 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 younger son Ford thinks that it's Indy and the Jones. Because <laughs> um, they we've taken it to the stunt spectacular in Hollywood Studios, and like they're super into the idea of watching these movies, Indy and the Jones. And so we wanted to watch Raiders. Both Ken and I think that he can probably handle Raiders. But the only thing I'm like I'm like, oh, hold on now, like that that face melting scene at the end. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if what I could do, Mike, is what we could do with our kids is we could say, like, oh, we have to do what Indy says. Like, look away. Like, that's, oh, that's oh, good. Yeah. When you saw post, the movie, everybody yeah, had to look away in the theater. That's how you watch the movie. That's a great idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just going to scar my children. I'm just going to hit play on that scene and pause it and be like, what do you guys think? I used to. Um, by I the used way. To, yeah. If First you don't, listen, if you don't listen to mommy and daddy, this is what happens. <laughs> My, I, I have to say, because um, Chuck was talking about his kids, and it took me a long time to get um, my little three-year-old son to quit calling it Indian, Indian Joe. <laughs> oh, no. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's Tom Sawyer. That's a... Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a that's a card of cigarettes from like nineteen mm-hmm. twenties probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Indian Joe. Um, so anyway, just had to. Had to yeah. Well, Matt, really quick, that makes me think, Matt, were you part? I can't remember if I shared this with you or if it was just JP and our friend Keelan. Uh, that, um, and I, I'm saying oh, our friend JP Keelan for the benefit of Mike and for other people who you know, um, who who who, who listen to the show. Mike, and I Mike, criticize my father fun by referring to Keelan as my yeah. friend Keelan all the time. There's a whole yeah, backstory, yeah. and I don't get into it all. Um, yeah. we, we all know but, Keelan. Carry on. Yeah. So Charlie, so Charlie watched Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and he they've been like sword fighting outside, and he makes sound effects like little boys do, but he, he's he's making the sound of the swords hitting, and he goes ching chang chong ching chang chong chang, and it didn't help that he you know we live in we live in a predominantly Japanese neighborhood in Hawaii, um, but it also didn't help that he was doing that at the Disney store with a Mulan sword surrounded by Asian kids the other day. No. <laughs> but it's just... Oh boy. <laughs> Children. Wow. Well, well, your son can just come hang out with Indian Joe. Everything will be fine. <laughs> um. All right, so let's let's move on to Temple of Doom. Kind of a controversial pick. Uh, before Crystal Skull came out. <laughs> this was sort of the controversial one before we had a fourth movie. Where people were... The, the big debate According was... According to my like, allegedly a fourth movie. Yeah, exactly. The big debate was, like, is Temple of Doom... Does Temple of Doom rule as much as Raiders and Last Crusade? And, you know, I, I kind of see... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into it. 
Um, rewatching it recently, I think it's entertaining. I think it's fun. But I don't... A lot of the set pieces and a lot of what happens in that movie are actually, are actually like holdovers from unused ideas from Raiders. Um, like the uh, eating... Or for, well, I mean, like a lot of—I mean, the the very first one where they're in, in Shanghai, that was supposed to be in Raiders. Uh, the um, the food that they're eating, all the bugs and like animals and stuff, that was supposed to be in Raiders. The minecart uh, chase, um, and what else? I think that was about it. And maybe some other things. I don't remember. Um, but um, there's there's that it kind of feels like yeah it's like stuff that didn't really work in Raiders it doesn't quite work for me here like I don't love the minecart chase I think it looks kind of funny that could just be because we watch things in HD now because like now they like the Indiana Jones miniature they use looks like the voodoo doll that they use earlier in the movie um, I also don't think like Harrison Ford has like a like a really firm grasp on the character in this one he's mugging the camera a lot in this one. Like he's really, like he's really hamming it up, playing up the comedy, which sometimes lands, and I, I laugh at a lot of parts still. But sometimes it's like, eh, this is kind of corny. Like, like the like the water water part, right, where he stops mm-hmm. in Minecraft. I keep saying Minecraft, <laughs> um, Minecart. Um, I I definitely don't love it as much as Raiders. I don't think the artfulness is there, uh, and I definitely think they're sort of sort of settle into what Anita and Jen's movie should be to put butts in seats um but there's some good things i love short round i think he actually might be my favorite character aside from like marion who's my favorite character aside from indiana jones short round i think he steals every scene he's in um willie is well i don't know i don't i don't think her i think she's supposed to be comedic relief I don't think her her I don't think it lands all the time. I know what he's I know what Spielberg's trying to do. He's trying to do like a like a like a screwball comedy thing with scenes between him and, and between her and, and Harrison Ford. Like the part where they're chasing the diamond and the antidote in the opening scene is definitely like I could definitely see that being like in a Marx Brothers movie. Yeah. Or like a Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn joint like a bringing a baby. Um a lot of kind of they're, they're definitely branching out to like other parts of Hollywood cinema like there's a musical opening number. Uh, that sort of vaudevillian kind of humor of like chasing the stuff in the in the in, in China, um, Gunga Din was a movie that was kind of heavily influenced the film, which is a movie that uh, uh, stars a white guy in blackface, or I guess I should say an Indian face. Uh, watch your own uh, discretion. Um, <laughs> that's kind of where they got the idea to use like the thuggy Colton stuff. But overall, fun movie. Um, but you know, not like a masterwork in any sense. Um, I want to know what you guys think. Who wants to go first? So for me, I'll just say, I literally have not seen it since I was like six. Really? (laughs) That's kind of, yeah. I I watched it two days ago, so it's fresh. Okay. So what do you Uh, think, Mike? Uh, I, out of, out of the, called the original trilogy, I guess, (laughs) uh, temple is my least favorite. Yeah. It's still great, but it's not. It's just not up to the caliber of the others. Uh, it, it's it's an odd movie, right? Because it goes from, like JP said, it starts off as a musical, yeah. right? And then it kind of goes into a little bit of vaudeville slapstick, and then it just pivots right into just like gross out horror, 
right? With yeah, that it gets dude dark. Another dude's heart out and, yeah. and like child labor and uh, child slavery and you know monkey brains. It's like, oh, what, what is this? Indiana Jones turns like, evil for a, for a minute. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's 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 an odd one. Um, short round, I agree. I was really really hoping short round was going to show up in Crystal Skull, even just as like a brief cameo would have been just so good. Um, yeah, it, no, we got me, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Sorry, <Karen>. <laughs> <laughs> for for Temple, it, it yeah, it really is like just an hour and a half of Kate Capshaw screaming. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> that's kind of how I've always put it in my head. Right? It's, it's like, uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. You're you're the you fish know, out the, of water. The help the helpless woman character that Indiana Jones has to save. Like, I get it. Right? <laughs> but it does have its comedic moments. Right? With the when they're in the they're in the room and the spikes are coming down, right? And yeah, coming up out of the floor and stuff. Yeah. And he's looking through the hole, going, "We are going to die." <laughs> just, just, just little tiny little bits of comedy in it that were really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt, I love it, and I'm not ashamed to say I love that movie. I am ashamed of some of the stuff in it that didn't age well, but overall. Um, I absolutely love it, and now let me say why. Um, Raiders is a different level of movie. I mean, it just is. Like, what we've already talked about, what we discussed, it's, like, historic. Um, It belongs in the pantheon of greats forever. It belongs um, in a museum. But... You're all thinking. But, yeah. But, um... Temple is the movie I wanted when I was a kid to follow Raiders, because you introduced me to these massive ideas of you know masculinity and history and loyalty and all that stuff now i just want to see him have fun um so put him in all the crazy adventure that you can and i think it fits too with we know that the indiana jones character kind of comes out of that concept of like the serials and things like that um the old comics back in the day and the newspapers like the phantom um and there's elements of like a phantom and things like raiders of the lost ark you've got the you know the adventurer who's out keeping the world safe um the shadow is totally temple of doom the like the the dark arts that are influencing the you know it's so you have these classic concepts that um kids have been you know what reading on the funny pages since way back in the day and now this one character is able to kind of live those out so although yes from a movie point of view from a cinematography it you can't even hold it up to raiders it's just you shouldn't and i don't think they set out to make raiders um i think they set out to make another entry into their serial comic strip that we were going to be reading and watching and going with and i think they nailed it in a way that i still to this day i love it i mean it's cheesy it's corny it's super fun um it still has parts of it that are incredibly great um and overall it's just a good fun experience it is a movie that you have fun watching um even when you don't want to watch because they're like eating things and ripping out hearts. Um, but well, you know, it's, it's like, a, it's, it's like falling up Wrath of Khan, right? Search of Spock. That's its only problem mm. really is that I've had to follow Wrath of Khan. It's still a fun <laughs> yeah. movie. Uh, yeah. This, this is the Star Trek five of the series. I think. 
Who? <laughs> Oh, actually, that might be Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. That Maybe, Crystal yeah. Skull. <laughs> mm, but this this movie, uh, trivia I learned the other night, this is the movie that introduced the PG-13. Yeah. Because uh, they gave it an R, and, and they fought back against that. Mm-hmm. And like, well, the only other thing we have is PG, and it, it ain't PG. And oh, so no. Spielberg lobbied for the PG-13, so I thought that was pretty cool. Right. Yeah, that's, that is cool. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do want to add, like I, I did say earlier, like the great thing about this one was that he kind of learned to let go of fortune and glory, which is sort of the point of it. And I do I do appreciate that. I appreciate that he has they, they don't they don't sacrifice an arc, you know, arc. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> they do stay in line that, like, even though Indy doesn't ultimately get the artifact, he does get something else, which in this one, you know, he gets he learns that uh, it's not all about fortune and glory, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a prequel too, right? Like, yeah, like, which I think a lot of people don't weird. realize that. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that was a weird thing for them to do because I think this works fine as a sequel. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know why they made it a prequel. I don't really get it. I never really looked into um, it. I just realized indie, none of the Indiana Jones movies end with him getting the artifact. Well, technically, I mean, he 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 gets the arc. He just doesn't keep it. <laughs> it just. It well, goes... that's what I'm saying. Like he. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. You're right. The, though the only, the only thing Brody ever gets for the museum is the stuff he finds at the beginning. Yeah, the, yeah. the cross of Coronado and Last Crusade. That's the only thing yeah. he's. he's he, that's yeah. the only relic he keeps out of all yeah, the movies. That's, that's true. <laughs> well, that's and I think though that's also the character is what we learned from from the guy who were introduced to his back with the whip and I know the whole prequel sequel I'm not having that discussion the guy we were introduced the back of him going in to collect this little idol that he's trying to run off to take for himself he wants to preserve it for history but that's for him the movie then shifts to a guy who takes the ark because of the right reasons and so is willing to let it go Um, which is the same thing that happens in Temple of Doom he doesn't go take it so that he can have the glory of holding on to it. It's, no, this belongs to these people, and it needs to go back to them. So he never ends up with what he goes to take, because he never went, I mean, he eventually learns he's not going there to take it in the first place. He believes these are important for a reason, and because of that, there's places they should be that are not with him, that are not his to decide. Um, And the arc, let's be honest, should be hidden away <laughs> so, right and it's it's so a classic it it's a classic case of a want versus need when you establish a character in any movie right he wants the ark but he needs marion he wants he wants the stones but he needs to learn that like there's like a culture attached to these these things and uh in last crusade you know he wants the grail but he needs to reestablish his relationship with his father so it's 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 a classic case you know of that i think they pull it off really well um, so, I don't know if you had anything else you want to say about Temple of Doom, Chuck, before we move on to Last Crusade. <laughs> Haven't seen it since I was three. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about Last Crusade, and I want you to start, Chuck, because I know you said you, you, you said this is one that you've seen a lot, so I mentioned your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I've seen, so Last Crusade, I love, like I said, I saw it in theaters. Um, you know, what is there not to love? Sean Connery. Oh, yes, um, of course. Um, Throwback to this know, being a James Bond type Right. Character. Um, I love I love the relationship between him and his dad. Like I think that's great. 
Um, I'm sure someone can play armchair psychology and the fact that the guy who doesn't, who never met his dad, loves a movie that is about like dads reconnecting, or a dad reconnecting with his son. Um, but I love. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I love, uh, you know, obviously it's Jesus. It's a Jesus related movie. New Testament which, to yeah. Lost Ark, Old Testament. Right. Yeah. Um, and. Um, you know, I mean, it's just it's a fun movie. It, it it gives us a sense of Indiana Jones as a kid. You find out that his name is actually like it's an affectation, yeah. um, which I think is great. Um, I love that it's. Um, um, I mean, I just I don't know, like getting into specifics, like I just I just enjoy it. Like, I think that's really what it comes down to. I just I enjoy the movie a lot. I, I you know, it's when I feel the most fondness for when it comes to like if i'm going to watch an indiana jones like if i'm going to watch raiders like i'm in the mindset to watch like cinema mm-hmm. you know but if i'm like looking for a good time i'm probably going to watch i'm probably going to watch last crusade right um i you know and there's i mean the stuff at the end right seeing petra at the end um which you know started like a kind of an obsession with the city of Pe- with with petra with me you know to see it in this Same. movie um love to go i missed out uh, mike when i went to the holy when i went to the holy land in 2010 um they did have a leg that would take you to petra but there was like some political strife going on and so we were unable to do that so i missed out on my chance to go there um but, but um you know i did that whole sequence at the end you know the whole solving the puzzles very legend of zelda kind of thing yeah the what was it the uh the breath of god the word of god and the path of god yeah yeah um and i love i think probably my thing that i love the most in it is and i think it's beautifully theological which is they get to the room full of grails and yes the assumption that the most jeweled one is the real one but india and india is one who figures out like you know jesus is a humble dude and historically, they wouldn't because they didn't know. Like they wouldn't have had all of that at the time. They didn't know that they were having a, that there was a momentous moment in human history that they that the, of what the Last Supper was. It would have just been a clay cup on the table. And so the idea that the the first communion chalice was this very humble clay cup. He calls like, it the cup of a that. carpenter. Yeah, because yeah, that yeah, looks yeah, like a cup of carpenter. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um. So that's those are the things I think of when I think of Last Crusade. Um, that and you know the great sequence of the tank. Yes, sick, um, sick scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. So and I and 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 seeing and seeing Sean Connery, at you know at his age still being an action guy is cool. Even more bumbling than Indiana Jones, which is which is great. Yeah, yeah. I love him in his bag and his umbrella. Like <laughs> he's always kind of like hiding behind things, like popping up. Yeah, yeah but he's. <laughs> But but he but His he comes hat. across, but he comes across as like the, like the legend of drunken master, like the guy yeah. who <laughs> gets drunk on purpose because that's when he'll beat everybody. He's almost like yeah. a Doctor Who a, character. Yeah, like, he's he's spent a lifetime learning. Oh, I know how I win every time. I just need to bumble around. Like it, he just. Yeah, he just seems like the guy who learned that his secret power oh, is to bumble around, yeah. uh, like chasing I, birds to bring down planes. Yeah. <laughs> So that that scene it. actually, uh, Last Crusade is is my favorite out of out of the, the trilogy as well. It's it's so good, but that scene on the beach where he, he does the birds, yeah, I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. That yeah. whole thing, right? And the look on Indy's face 
as his dad walks by, he's like, where was this guy? Where was this guy when we were getting chased by the Nazis a little while ago? That was awesome. And you just you see this respect that he suddenly develops for his dad in that moment. I thought that was really, really good. Yeah. Really good moment. Um, anything else you want to say about Let's Crusade? I, I know, Chuck, are you, are you, oh. you said your piece. I've said my piece. Okay. Mike, you want to go ahead? Uh, yeah, it's, like I said, it, it's my absolute favorite. Uh, it's, it's so lighthearted uh, and yet serious at the same time. Um, it, the the whole dad relationship is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, how you know he's trying so hard to impress his dad, and Sean Connery's having none of it. He's just not doing. Like, when he when he when he lances the guy off the motorcycle, yeah, right, and he's all happy. And he's like, "Yeah, look what I did." And Sean Connery just like takes out his watch and fixes it. I'm just looking at him like that was not that was not impressive. <laughs> look at it. He's so disappointed. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, but the, just everything about that, like it's not as it's not as cinematic and grand as Raiders, uh, but I think it does hit those beats of you know it shows Indiana as the smart guy and it shows him as the 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 uh, the brains and the brawn and the whole relationship with his dad and realizing that was what that was what he needed the whole time and it's just it's a really good movie. Um, I agree with uh, I agree with Father Chuck. Right, it's one of those things that if I want to if I want a good time, that's the movie I'm going to. Right. right? Uh, and I like the thing that it has in common with Raiders, which other people have said, that uh, he didn't have to be in the movie at all for the end result to be the same. <laughs> that was one, always one of my favorite things about Raiders, is if Indiana Jones never showed up, the exact same end result would have happened. And the Nazis all would have gotten gotten zapped by the by the Ark, and that would have been it. Yeah, and, yeah and I've, I've same, heard about that, yeah. It's the same with this one, right? If Indiana Jones never showed up, the whole you know finding his dad part aside the end result would have been the same because they would have found the grail. They would have gotten through it eventually, right? right? And they would have found the grail and they would have just drank all the wrong cups and then would have found the right cup, but then they can't leave because you yeah. can't cross the great seal, right? So it's like, what? <laughs> I, just thought, I just thought that was really fun. Right. And that's why it's kind of setting up like the, why the relics aren't the most important thing. Yeah. I think that's interesting. And that's the theme that goes through, the whole, through all of them. Yeah. You can't have it anyway. Yeah. Uh, Matt, say so I'm gonna you all go first because I'm gonna go into it. I can't wait. Yeah, it, <laughs> I'm gonna launch into this one. Well, I'll start with what everybody else says. I love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm kind of playing off what I said before. Like Raiders, you know, has a grand aspect and is like the Phantom, the Adventure, all that stuff. Um, then the Shadow is Temple of Doom. Um, this is Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. So you get the character in the perfect mix and setting of the fun, the goofiness, but still true to the, the grand and exciting. Um, like this, to me, this, that movie is him, him complete. That's, that's the character as a whole is reached in, in last crusade. And, um, and I mean, and it's funny that, yeah, I mean, for a character that was in essence partially born of Bond, um, stars James Bond, the guy who we wouldn't have a concept of James Bond without Sean Connery. Um, His literal dad. Here in America, anyway. Yeah, at least here in America, we wouldn't have a concept of James Bond without it. So, um, guy kind of gave birth to the character that gave birth to the character that he's now playing the father of in a movie. Um, it's. Um, go meta with that one, JP. But yeah, it's a 
to me, the movie, that one's a great example of the adventurer, the guy who does have it all together at times and then is so far off at others. He's still the bumbling goofball, but it's still just the natural him being him. Um, and it's still all throughout the movie has even more emphasis on the nerd. Um, he's literally running around with his little journal the whole time that every one of us wanted. The um, <laughs> yes. you know, and he's literally just running around and jotting down his little notes like, hey, guys, did you see this yet? And, like writing it down and <laughs> circling things. And, um, yeah. I mean, he's going to show he, us like, his he, Hitler autograph collection. Yeah, I mean, you know, he'd be excited just by like the paper clips he gets to use. And if Chuck comes back with <laughs> a Grail diary, I think he has a Grail diary. <laughs> Okay. Do you have a Grail diary? Got my little leather. Nice. No, little leather yeah, journal. Little strap on yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's really yeah, good. You should have sent it to the Mox Brothers. That's really good. I wish I just I wish I had something similar that I could show off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Hey. Sadly. Hey. You chose wisely. <laughs> Got a couple of those right there. <laughs> you all suck. <laughs> I don't have um, any cool things. I have my fedora. You have the background, JP. You're sitting oh, in right. the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, no, that, that's all I got to say. I, Chuck, I, I have a diary like that one too. That's cool. So I <laughs> applaud. But I was yeah. so close back in the day to paying a stupid amount of money for just a file on a computer that you could print out the individual pages and make it into <laughs> you have no idea how close how close instead jp you'll get a kick out of this instead i just decided to make my own of what chuck had there and that was my senior project in torbit's class yeah, i remember yeah yeah so anyway. uh did it have uh pages with no names <laughs> taking you to the location of the grail uh, that was my elsa impression um my, my it, i got i i got this at bombay <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do you remember Bombay? Bombay at this mall? You know that I, store? I don't, I don't remember. No. They sold like, uh, like, globes that looked like old world maps and like Bombay oh, dark furniture. mahogany furniture. Okay. Yeah, cool. Sort of like Z Gallery. Yeah, the the <laughs> Z Gallery. Nice. Yeah, the very. I remember the very first Bible I ever bought. I bought it because it looked like the Grail Diary. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NIV. Um. <laughs> Um. So. Blasphemous. Oh, okay. Jesus so King James. Oh wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I feel, I feel like I've got to have like some ointments. I guess I think I got some aloe around here because I have a feeling that like a hot take is incoming. Oh no, no, no hot takes. Oh okay. No. Um, this movie sucks. But I also do want to show off my 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 uh, my Indiana Jones satchel. Indiana Jones satchel is in my side. I bought it in China. And I, is that the one that I had in my <laughs> in my possession for quite a while? Yes, he did. Yes. Okay. I would, yeah. I'm I'm in my car. Hey, well, did you get your commuter to, pack like, yet, Matt? Show off. Um, it's in the mail. Yeah, Indiana oh, Jones, an right. EDC icon. We'll get to that in another episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Oh yes, we will. <laughs> we don't need them, JP. I mean, you'll go that. We'll that's a that episode. Don't worry about it. Inside joke between me and Matt. We'll we'll get into that another time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. They're so. so so I'm confused. lost, Mike. I'm lost. The Last Crusade. Uh, You're lost. I, I love this movie. 
Um, even though, like I said about Temple of Doom, I don't think it's uh, necessarily a masterful work. Um, I do think, though, that Indiana Jones, I think Harrison Ford, like he, he, he really, he really gets Indiana Jones by now, like because it, it's a perfect balance of the masculine, the perfect balance of the humor, perfect balance of the nerdiness, of the hopefulness, the, 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 the um, oh, what's the word? Um, what was I thinking? Like why the, the yeah I want one yeah one wonder I die wonder why I wonder of Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> Try again, JP. Like, take, take I'd, care, right? I'd wide one. I'd, I'd wide. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Harrison Ford really gets the character right now. So it's probably you know Lawrence Kasdan. I think no no Kasdan didn't write the script actually. That was I think it was Tom Stoppard. Um, but uh, I'm kind of I'm glad they went with this because I I feel like the original idea was not very good, which is supposed to be a haunted house movie. Um, taking place in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, you know, all those castle scenes, the whole movie mm-hmm. was going to take place in a, in a haunted castle. And this would be like a battle with like, like ghosts and demons and like a holy dagger and stuff is involved. And, you know, early drafts of Indiana Jones movies are very strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah like... When one gets made, you get Crystal Skull. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I love it. I mean, I, I love the whole like the whole like quest for the grail um and that the expert here is not necessarily indiana jones but his dad because he doesn't really know like every time someone tells something recounts something to indiana jones about the grail he always kind of deflects or like it's a bedtime story like that's it's fantasy <laughs> indiana jones of all people right um the guy who had the arc yeah exactly um <laughs> and this the uh, I mean the relationship between him and his dad is is like so perfect. I don't know if you guys know this about Steven Spielberg, but he kind of he he used to have dad issues. Um, no, <laughs> it's not like every one of his movies deals with dad issues. <laughs> um, you know, I was finishing it up today. I watched half of it last night, half of it this morning, and the part that really struck me, and it's it's I had to be thirty seven years old to like really get this. Uh, their conversation between like in between Indiana Jones and Henry on the Zeppelin. Where he's like, you remember the last time we had a, a drink together? I was having a milkshake, and Henry just doesn't doesn't care. Like he's still just you know fiddling with his Grail diary like he was when he was a kid, when Indiana Jones was a kid. And um, they get into this sort of argument about like you know I, I wasn't like other dads you know I let you do whatever you want I, I didn't tell you to wash your ears I didn't tell you to go to bed. I, I taught you self reliance. And he's like, yeah, well, I think no, he was you're like, of the year, right? Yeah. And he was like, he's like, okay, but that's not normal. <laughs> like, Indiana Jones is like, that's not normal. That's all what dads do. And then the part that, like, I always thought was like a great line. Because I, um, it's sort of like a, like a, like a, like a, like a night, like a, a good burn. Um, but like, watching it now as like a 37 year old, um, when he tells Indiana Jones, like, you left just when you were becoming interesting. Like, oh, that's harsh. Like, why would you say that to your son? That's kind of messed up. Um, and even his, and, and I love Harrison Ford's reaction to it because it's very natural. He doesn't really know what to say. He doesn't have like a long stare. He's like flabbergasted. He's like, <laughs> you know, um, so I thought that was really interesting. Like the their dynamic is so interesting, and in that it kind of 
builds up Indiana Jones is like, I'm going to be like this ideal. And it's going to be kind of the opposite of who my dad really is. You know, I'm going to make being obsessed with something like cool, <laughs> you know, and not hurtful. Um, and, um, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff happening that I, I really love. I think it's interesting that most of the movie takes place in Europe and not some like sort of exotic land. Um, uh, and I think that's sort of Spielberg kind of wanting to play out the James Bond aspect of him. Cause a lot of it does feel like sort of a sixties era, sort of Roger Moore kind of set piece, like, like the, like the chase through Italy on the, or the chase through Venice on the boats felt very James Bond to me. Um, and, um, yeah, and also sort of the castle stuff and the motorcycle chases. Uh, I And, you know, you, you pointed this out, Mike, but what I love so much about that whole scene is sort of the consistency of character. Um, it, it, the chase begins, uh, you know, they get in the, into the motorcycle with the you know, sidecar and they run two Nazis off the road. And then begins, and he's like laughing, he looks at his dad, and he's like, yeah, not impressed, I don't care. Um, and that's like, and that's the beginning. And then he goes through all the trouble of like taking out the rest of the Nazis. And he, you know, he, he throws the javelin into the guy's spokes and he like explodes. Um, and then he looks back to him and he's like, now are you impressed? And he's like, mm-hmm. um, and it's so great. And then there's like, um, and I always laugh when they're in the airplane and they're being chased down. And you know, the course, like Sean Connery, like accidentally like shoots out the, the rear and he's like son i'm sorry they got us um but i love the part where they crash and they're still like chasing after them and then henry just goes i think those people are trying to kill us <laughs> he's like i know that i love that that's such it's such a good line and it's played so well yeah it's like he's like he finally clues in <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's just sort of his character throughout the rest of it is, is still so bumbling and so like kind of adorable really and like the part where he like he goes to save Henry in the tank, even though he's already defeated the Nazis in there and saved Marcus, Henry pops out and he's like, You call this archaeology? Like they're finally they're bonding. Finally. <laughs> like <laughs> they're you know, because now he's starting to be impressed with like what Indiana Jones does. And of they're course that's the part bonding. where uh... Oh hey, <laughs> they're James Bonding. Um <laughs> And of course that's the part where <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Bye Chuck. <laughs> Um, and of course, that's the part where, like, where, where I feel like that's kind of where they first start to actually start to connect with what he does, and like he's actually thinks it's kind of cool. But of course, that's where the tank finally goes over, and you know he thinks Indiana Jones had died, and he's like he has that moment. He's like, I never got to tell him, you know. There's just never any time. And of course, like he shows up behind him, he's like <laughs> looking over the cliff. I will say that that scene. Yeah. This is going to sound really corny, and I apologize, but that scene uh, was so different to me after I became a dad yeah. than before. Because before it was like, oh, he's he's not dead. He's just there. <laughs> and then after, when that happened and he realizes he lost his son, like it hit. Mm-hmm. And it just bam, right in the chest. Oh, no. And I love the hug when he hugs him, you know, and they slowly, he kind of, kind of, you know, Spielberg is like kind of slowly closing in on Indy's face, and his, his expression changes from like, I just like almost died to like, Oh, this is great. He's hugging me. We're having a moment. Yeah. And then, of course, he just lets him go. He's like, no, nah, <clears throat> let's get back to work. <laughs> he just, like, collapses. He's like, oh. And the hat rolls by. Um, but I, that's, I mean, that's, that's, I think that is 
what makes the movie work so well. That's where the sort of the master class is, is the relationship between Indiana Jones and Henry. Something we don't, we haven't really, we've seen his relationships with other movies and they're good, but they're not as dynamic. They're not as um, emotionally raw as like those two actors are being in there. They play off of each other so perfectly. Just a match made in heaven. Like that, that's the kind of dual role that like every filmmaker kind of prays for that two actors act off of each other the way. And you know, I, the big criticism of the last crusade is that like, there's too much humor, right? That like they made, they took cool characters like Sala and Marcus Brody and kind of turned them into like comedic reliefs, but like it works, you know, in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, they weren't totally fleshed out. They were sort of flat characters on their own, just sort of, fulfilling archetypes and this one you know they're they're it, to make them more humorous is sort of bursting out of that archetype and by the third movie yeah. like that's kind of like what you need to do by the third movie <laughs> is not to just keep playing the same character over and over again you got to do something different with it and you and, know and john reese davies yeah go ahead i was gonna say john reese davies uh, aka uh uh gimli aka uh professor artur maximilian arturo from sliders uh, is is just a wonderful character actor. He plays Sala <laughs> to just like I mean he really he pushes the envelope with Sala. I think Sala is great in Raiders, but like he really pushes him in this one. He's so many great lines, um, and of course Marcus Brody is so wonderful too. He's such a great. He's, he feels like a character from like a like a BBC like cozy mystery. <laughs> like I, don't know, I love yeah. De- uh, Denholm Elliott, who played Brody. Yeah. That that character could so easily have been annoying, yeah. right? Just being just being like the the comedic the comedic uh, guy, right? Just making all these jokes and stuff. But he plays it so perfectly that it it doesn't get old. Like I would watch a movie of Brody trying to find his way around a city, <laughs> <He would just laughs> or his own museum, right? The or time he museum. got yeah, yeah the, lo- the time he got lost in the museum that'd be good, that'd be fun. Um, but like, yeah, even watching him playing off Sean Connery is like so perfect and so great. Like they're so, they're like two kids playing. Like it's wonderful. Yeah. The little uh, secret handshake in the tank. Yeah. I love it. The pen is mightier than the sword. Um, <laughs> so it's, yeah, I mean, I, I love Last Crusade. It has a special place in my heart. Like I said, my dad took me to see it first time. I first movie I can recollect. And, um, it's always stuck with me and the inside joke between me and him, my, both my dad and I share a name, just like Indiana Jones and his dad. And of course, what does my dad always call me now because of that freaking movie <laughs> junior every now and then he'll just, he'll just bust out a junior because of Indiana Jones. Um, so yeah, uh, I do love last crusade and I think it's a very special movie. Um, so that leaves us with one more film. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 the, and the crystal skull happened. Thanks, guys. It's good night. Uh, <laughs> What'd you say, Chuck? Is it in Fate of Atlantis? Oh, the Fate of Atlantis. You want to talk? Want to talk about Fate of Atlantis? Let's talk about the Sky Pirates uh, novel. <laughs> or uh, uh, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Or um, <laughs> the book. Literally. Now, young, really, here's what I want to find out, Mike. You mentioned you only had one book of the Young yeah. Indiana Jones books. Which yeah. one was it? Oh, I don't remember, man. That's that was. That's been a, that's that was twenty years ago, thirty years mine ago. Mine was the one with the Rough Riders. Oh, okay. I know. I, I remember it, it was. It had a. It had a. It had a train on the cover. I think. Uh, that's all okay. I can remember. I don't remember what it was called. You know what's funny about those books is that um, the first time I discovered those books was when I was a kid, and I was visiting MGM Studios 
or at the time it was MGM Studios. And of course, they, it has the epic stunt spectacular, and they have the uh, uh, Indiana Jones gift shop, and they had every single one. And I was just like, there's Indiana Jones books? I'm just like reading the back of all of them. Because I couldn't really there's I guess they were like out of print other places. I don't know. I never saw them anywhere else, but except for Look, here's Okay, let's 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 acknowledge something really quick, right? Because okay. there is an elephant in the room, right? There's an unfired gun, and that is Crystal Skull. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Here's what I'm gonna say about Crystal Skull. <laughs> I watched it a few weeks ago. I don't think it was nearly as bad. Like maybe because I, I hadn't I had never seen it in theaters. I never you know, so it it was one of these things where I think that I had heard so much vitriol about the movie that I was prepared for it to be just like the absolute worst thing that was ever made. Yeah. And it turned out I, I, I didn't think it, it was as bad as people made it out to be. And that's really all I can say about it. I don't think it was as bad <laughs> as other people made it out to be. Matt's t- was a, I had a good no, time. No, Matt, don't commit suicide. No, I had a good time. I mean, it, it, that's it. It, was, it wasn't Battlefield Earth. Right, like it yeah. wasn't right. that level of, of right, right. It wasn't Ready Player One. <laughs> At least, but like, but like I said, I didn't, I didn't see it in theaters, so I, I didn't get into like I was interested in seeing Indiana Jones movie again. Like I was excited about it, but I wasn't like it wasn't, it wasn't like the same thing. You know, there's enough time between when it came out and when I watched it that I don't think you know. It's like if I were to like I recently watched all the Star Wars movies with my kids, and we watched the, you know I watched the prequels, and I come away feeling that Phantom Menace is the best of the prequel trilogy um, for a variety of reasons. Um, um, you know, and I kind of feel like that's my my feeling of Crystal Skull is like it's just it's not as bad. I'm not saying it's good. I just think it's as bad as some people make it out to be. It's, um, I mean, I agree with. I think. Yeah. I think the. I think it is sort of overblown for comedy's sake. I definitely. I definitely do it for for a good laugh. Yeah, uh, because I didn't love it. You know? It's. It's a, it's a weird movie. It is a weird it movie. Is, it is really really weird. It, weird. it feels like I said. Like if you've ever read early drafts, I haven't read like whole scripts or anything, but I've, I've like read summaries of like early drafts of other Indiana Jones movies, and yeah. they're very strange. And I'm like, you can tell why they ditched this. Crystal Skull feels like, like Matt said, I mean, Matt was joking, but it does feel like an early draft of something and not like uh, <laughs> a no, It's got a lot of good ideas. Like, there I, are good uh, ideas in that film. Yeah. It just, I, I, it just poorly executed. Yeah, I mean, I'll well, say I, I like the idea of Indiana Jones and Aliens. I'm okay with that. I was well, here's okay that. That didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Something that frustrates me about this movie is, okay, so, okay, great. We're going with Russians. Fine. Yeah. But you... You go to South America, and there have been Nazis hiding out in South America. You could have still had friggin' Nazis. And they would have been funny because yeah. they would be like his age, right? That'd yeah. be kind of funny. Yeah. That'd be fun. Anyway. <laughs> just a bunch think, of old Nazis. That, struck, that would be great. <laughs> that'd be really funny. Indiana Jones just punching an old guy in, in the face in the middle of the city. I, I recognize that guy from the castle. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. The, I was the one of the motorcyclists. <laughs> this is for on my motorcycle, I, I, Jones. I sat through this one again yesterday, and uh, the thing that struck me about it was it looks it looks really it looks really fake. Yeah, like I don't yeah. know I don't know what they did with the lighting, but it looks really fake. Even the stuff that I know wasn't faked, right? Yeah. Uh, the, some of the bits in the jungle and stuff like that where they filmed it on location, I know that, mm-hmm. but it, it looks CGI'd. Uh, and everything was everything was perfectly clean, which I thought was a little bit weird. Like all their uniforms were perfectly clean, 
uh, at the end when they get like shoved out of the shoved out in, in that like big uh, that big rush of water, right? right. Uh, the next scene is Indiana talking to Marion, and he's his jacket is is immaculate like it just got it back from the dry cleaners yeah like it just it's 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 weird it's weird like that yeah i think and it's because it, and I, I think and that, and those details like that like i was saying what made raiders so special and you know the other movies too is that like because of harrison ford the way he wanted to bring to it was like he wanted you to feel his pain when he got punched yeah. or when he fell now he's an old man and it's like they kind of made him superhero in a, in a way and, then, yeah, and it's, it's, you have to reconcile some things. It's like, okay, he's an old man, and he's still like jumping around and stuff. Like, how are we still going to introduce the fact that he like still gets hurt? Like, I don't know. Just, should we ta- should we talk about the fridge, or should we just <laughs> should we just skip it? Um, I don't. I want to know what Matt's thinking. Legacy. I want to talk about the legacy of the fridge real quick, because the fridge seek that that sequence has been kicked around in the Spielberg world for decades. I was just about to touch, touch on yeah. this because I heard about this recently. So I don't know if you about this, if you know about all this, Mike, but like at one point, that was going to be the time travel device in Back to the Future. Yeah, I did not was know gonna, that. Was going to be, was going to involve, like, a, yeah, it was the time machine was like basically built on a, a, frigi- a refrigerator that was going to be nuked to give them enough power to send them back in time or whatever, and they decided to scrap that because they were concerned about, you know, kids locking themselves in... <laughs> abandoned refrigerators you know to travel through time um and then i'm trying to remember where it showed up again i don't know the other places but i know that like back like it was the clock tower scene was supposed to be that like and like scene for scene too like when nina jones does in christmas scully he goes to the suburban town and like their mannequins there and he goes into the refrigerator yeah yeah the clock tower um and i and that and that scene i was i was on board with that scene Right, he was, he was like, funny. you just see, he's super confused. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> why, why is, why is there mannequins? What? I'm so confused. And then it just kind of, uh... yeah. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on Crystal Skull? You called me it. right away. I remember that. I remember it vividly. I hate it. Well, you and I tried to come up with excuses to love it. I tried so hard. <laughs> I tried to justify it so hard. I tried to talk JP into it, and then I saw it a second time. And I hate is a strong word. I say that for the sake of the podcast, but no, there's nothing about the movie, as far as Indiana Jones, that is redeemable to me. Um, they took my childhood hero and turned him into a joke. And they made it look like he's on the set of Grease while he did it. And <laughs> I kind of like the 50s stuff. That's just me, though. I don't. I don't. But they made everything look like that. Like he's saying, the perfect uniforms, the perfect jungle. Yeah, yeah. Um, Too clean. Yeah, like, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's Not like. Gritty. It's like Indiana Jones, the high school musical. I just. It, it, no. Just no. No. I'm sorry, but no. And I tried so hard to be like. Well, I mean, if we can buy that he, you know, all the Bible stuff came true to him and we can buy that all the mystical stuff in India came true, then we can buy that there's aliens in this universe. too. No, I don't buy that either. It just drives me nuts. I'm like, if I wanted X-Files, I would go watch X-Files. And if I wanted the crappy X-Files like this movie, I'd go watch the last two seasons they came back for 
of X-Files. It's um, funny because like George Lucas says like it's all it was always supposed to be like X-Files. He even said that like No, see, what a no. No. <laughs> No. I I don't mind See, the Lucas, alien thing. I just wish they would commit to aliens instead of interdimensional Lucas beings. Has, yeah, I don't get that. Don't Luke, throw away a line. Lucas the has range. Lucas has a bad habit of not knowing when to quit while he's ahead, and like just keep your mouth shut, man. Like it's perfect. <laughs> just shut up. Like if everybody thinks it's perfect, why are you trying to prove them otherwise? Like. It's yeah. Perfect. Well, Luke, Lucas has this real bad problem of of being surrounded by sycophants that don't know how to tell him no, and he needs people to tell him no. I mean, yeah, case he... in point, the original trilogy of Star Wars only existed because people told him no yeah. a mm-hmm. lot, mm-hmm. and the prequels were just so self indulgent, and that's what's wrong with them. Like, it's it's so frustrating to watch a lot of Lucas's stuff, you know, prequels, and then also Kingdom Skull, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, because you can see there's a good movie in there, in all of it. It just just needed somebody to bring it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, that that movie shot with restrictions and restraint to be, not in a fan service way, because I don't need it to look like the old Indiana Jones movies, but shot to at least keep it in the vein of like, look, there's a reason these movies are iconic. Like, there's a tone to it that you don't have to stay totally true to, but it does need to be present in some way, shape, or form, not be a complete goofball comedy. But that movie, as a Indiana Jones going to explore this crystal kingdom of the crystal skull, this crystal skull concept, and it could be aliens, it could be interdimensional beings, to leave a mystery aspect to it to where you're not really sure what it is at the end. Just like I don't know what the heck is flying out of the Ark of the Covenant when it really comes down to it. Angels, demons, spirits, whatever. Like, the point is leave the mystery, the mysticism. I don't need him in the middle of a flying away spaceship and his molder shot as he's watching it fly off into outer. It's BS. It's BS. It's not Indiana Jones. It's I, I, I see what you're saying, yeah. I mean, and, and I, I, like, I, I like that it's set in the 50s. I like the yeah, mythology I, of the crystal like skulls and stuff. Uh, I like the aliens, and I th- but I think you're all kind of right in that it, it is a little too immaculate. You know, his uh, cinematographer was uh, Janusz Kaminski, was sort of uh, someone I think he started working with on Schindler's List, and he has this really strange way of lighting things that I just I don't love. Um, but just every, everything everything looked like it was against a matte painting. Yeah, yeah, even, everything. But even take the even take the possibility of if they just put like a okay, we want to stick with the Indiana Jones idea of this guy who's like the tough guy, but he's bumbling through. Just think like a difference if everything was that perfect, clean, immaculate, because it's the 50s. I think that's what they're going for. You know, that like magic 50s idea. So just imagine if Indiana Jones was the only character throughout the movie who looked like crap. Like he looks like he's been beat up. (laughs) If his clothes are constantly filthy and, and he's just constantly looking at people while he's like shaking the mud off. And they're standing there, and they're like perfectly pressed uniforms. Like, I mean, just a little touch like that to add something of him to this movie. And instead, we got like I don't know. I my theory is Harrison Ford's kind of notorious for not wanting to return back to these characters. So my theory is he agreed to do Han Solo only if Han Solo died, 
And I think he agreed to do Crystal Skull knowing it would kill Indiana Jones. <laughs> Which because didn't. it's just Because it, you're it's, still it's making the, the fifth France. one. Wait. Uh, it's just, <laughs> Did you not hear this? I, I don't. I don't. Hmm. And Spielberg no, is not directing trying. it. Yeah. I knew that they've been trying forever, but I know I just whatever. But it's just it's it's. Uh, no, yeah. I don't like it. I can't. Yeah, I got I, I got board. really nervous towards the end of that movie. I got really nervous. The very last scene, when when uh, Shy the Beef picks up the hat. Yeah. And is just about to put it on, and I'm sitting sitting there going, "Oh, please no, please <laughs> please stop, please stop this." And then Indy just comes in and grabs the hat. Like, oh. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. It's like, it's Spielberg <laughs> kind of new, you know, like, eh, don't know if I do this, it'll piss him off. Um, but yeah. Becoming I, just a face in, in the screen here, I'm like. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting darker. It's getting, well, I got to say, Matt, I, I, I appreciate the fact that your recording is in a car while there is a thunderstorm going on. It's actually something, it's like the one thing from Florida other than people that I miss is <laughs> Florida like, thunderstorms. If I turn this off completely for a second, will you get a good silhouette and the lightning at the right moment? Like the Indiana Jones. This would be the time. So how about Raiders of the Lost Ark, guys? (laughs) He's got the lightning storm. He's just a shadow. Um, Yeah. So sending me any lightning, guys. I'm sorry. um, I don't get to be cool. So yeah, Crystal Skull. I I don't. uh, Man, I don't know. I I can't defend it. Like I. I can. There are things about it that I that I like that I you know some flourishes of Spielbergness coming through that are great, um, but at the same time I don't like how it looks. I don't like Kaminsky's cinematography or lighting. Uh, costuming is okay, I guess. The only set piece I like I like the uh, the chase through Marshall College and stuff because it's the only yeah. one that looks authentic. <laughs> Yeah. That's what it looks like it's actually happening. You mean, well, and the, and the sequence in the like beginning the, like, of the warehouse. Uh, like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Huh? You don't like you don't like like vine swinging and oh my gosh, don't like, know the monkeys or like giant ants. Yeah, and how, and how about this? And like even though this is our, we're just being introduced to this character Ox, uh, you know, you think it's bad that Sala and Marcus Brody were turned into comedic characters. How about taking an actor like John Hurt in his Twilight years and just kind of turning him into like kind of like a just like a brain dead person like yeah what a waste that, that's a, that's a it was, waste it was a waste yeah it was a complete waste that, um, that, char- that character could have been anybody because it was such a such a big mystery at the time like oh who's john hurt playing like we know he's going to be in it so is he going to be like is he a, is he like the real villain is like he's going to be like one of henry jones's you know lost colleagues which he ended up being but then it's like oh but he's like an incoherent idiot all right right <laughs> so it's just that's just kind of lame um, but yeah, I don't love it, and uh, that's a good way to segue into Indiana Jones Five, uh, which is not being directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, instead to be directed by James Mangold, um, who is a great director. Uh, Logan is a great movie, but I don't want a sad Indiana Jones movie, please God, no, because <laughs> it has to take place in the seventies by now, right? Like that's going to be kind of weird. He's going to watch Star Wars. Like is Indiana Jones, like driving through, uh, driving through New York, just going uh, hippies. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea how it's going to play out. All I know is that if it's going to be like a sad Indiana Jones movie, I'm going to be a sad JP. Like I don't, I don't, I don't well, want. Keep, I don't think I need Indiana Jones confronting his mortality. You just keep it going longer, and like Indiana Jones can like stumble on the set of them making Raiders of the Lost Ark, like in the course of the movie. I would leave the theater. 
I would <laughs> yeah, leave the theater. That's well, you know, it, BS uh, Crystal Skull would have done. It uh, it it goes back. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna geek out on my Masters of Divinity fandom now, but oh, nice. it goes back to an episode that you did a while a little while ago about endings, right? Endings oh, need to make yeah. a comeback. Yeah, it's that, right? It's it's okay. How many more of these are you gonna pump out? Like, are you gonna do one more than Harris? Are you gonna just kill off Harrison Ford, or are you just gonna stop? Right. Right. I mean, one but, could argue that it ended with with. Last Crusade. In yeah. my head, it did. Oh, no. They rolled off it into did. the sunset, man. Like, yeah. that's, that's it has the word last in the title. It was originally supposed yeah. to be a trilogy. Like Georgica said, if you make this movie, you have to make two more. They didn't talk about a yeah. th- fourth one. <laughs> yeah, and like no, it, the it, first it, one is Old it, Testament, the sequel, it's New Testament. I mean, it, it, it's a beautiful bookend, and it's... Yeah. 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 Um, if, they do, if they do a Book of Mormon version, I'm going to be very upset. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that the other day. I would love that, to be honest. <laughs> like, the whole... like he, just, it, he, finds the gold, he finds the gold tablets. Because Mormon mythology rules. <laughs> it is It rules. <laughs> and I would love to see oh. Indiana Jones and the golden tablets or something. <laughs> and the angel Moroni. Yes. Yeah. And the oh. salamander. He finds a salamander. The angel, that's in the angel Moroni turns out to be a crystal skulled alien. And it's just like just the, the yeah. bad guys. It's just like one dude and all of his wives. And they're like, instead okay, of like I'm, a bunch I'm of Nazis. I'm on board now. I'm on board now. <laughs> <laughs> all of his like wives. Cult thing. I'm on board. If, if, if they don't make this, uh, if they don't make this, I might. <laughs> I have no experience, but I might make that movie. Um, can we talk about, uh, can we talk about um, Indiana Jones uh, side stories, movies that take place within the Indiana Jones universe, like The Rocketeer? <laughs> does it? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Mark, I feel yeah. like it does. I love it. I love the Rocketeer. I love, it's a good the, movie. Rock- I love the Rocketeer. Yeah. Or like Goonies, which takes place like in the Indiana universe, but like in the eighties. Uh, one of the uh, gangsters is wearing uh, Indiana Jones's hat from Temple of Doom. They stole right. it. They stole it from the set. Yeah. All right. And also, uh, Short Round is in that movie. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. Two He's beloved characters: Short Round and Data. Maybe he is. Maybe Data is Short Round's son. Maybe short round should come back in the fifth movie, and he's just gonna... now we're you know, if we keep talking, inverse.com is going to like catch our thing, and they're like, This theory postulates screen rant. We're gonna end up on screen rant. <laughs> um, all right, so we've talked to Indiana Jones, yeah. Well, I have, I mean, I was gonna, you've got this whole little like, you got this whole little like thing at the end here that oh, I think is entertaining. Yeah, I was going to grill you on revealing the location of the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Grail, and the Cross of Coronado since, you know, you went to the seminary. I mean, I mean you're the only real Christian here, apparently. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're a man of the cloth. You're since, essentially, I, you're, you're essentially the, 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 the society of the cruciform sword, right? Cruciform sword. Yeah. When I discovered that my seminary had, like, Babylonian like like tablets in the basement of our library. I was like, wait, what else is in here? Like, this is like a, this is like a Giles situation. Like there's going to be some cool stuff down here. Um, wait, 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 I have to pause before you get into this. Cause first of all, Mike, I have to say I'm impressed by JP and Chuck's ability to make sure that we have referenced everything from our <laughs> podcast from sliders. To, but I am also impressed that Chuck is the one who just referenced Giles. <laughs> Well, Giles is his favorite character, right? Like that's that was favorite character. Yeah. It just makes me proud, though, that we didn't have to bring up Buffy. We can let somebody else do it. It's all right. <laughs> I'm so proud of you right now, Chuck. 
Would it be funny if I could just spout off a whole bunch of like just deep cut uh, uh, Angel and Buffy trivia right now? Like I've just been like sitting on this for years and I just suddenly like let it out. I would I would cry. You would see actual tears. Um, Truck reveals he no, actually has the angel tattoo on his forearm with the A from the Book of the Kells. <laughs> so, so, um... Tablets um, in your basement at school. Tablet, the tablet. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, the location of the, of, the, of the Holy Grail is, um, of course, in Ethiopia. Everyone knows this. Well, that's Ark of the Covenant, right? Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, yeah. What did I say? You the said Holy Holy Grail. Grail. the Holy Grail. That's Holy in Ross. I'm sure the Grail doesn't actually exist, but you know. Rosslyn, it's in Rosslyn Chapel in Scotland. Isn't it? <laughs> That's there we go. Yeah, it's actually or, Mary Magdalene. Or is it in Mike's shiphold room that he's in, and he's <laughs> sipping from it as an immortal? How do we know that he's not like two thousand years old? <laughs> that's the that's the only way he'd have time to listen to us babble. He could be Saint John the Evangelist, right? Saint John the Evangelist, right? Like he, you know, like ref- he refused to die. So, oh yeah, um, yeah he's one of the, he's one of the three brothers. That... I would look I would look that old, right? Like <laughs> yeah. like the Grail Knight, right? He oh, looks yeah. nine hundred years old. Yeah, he's that's... one of the cruciform sword knights. Yeah, knights yeah. the cruciform sword. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you don't know where the Ark is. I mean, well, no, but Ethiopia. Can I, let me tell you a story. Can I tell you a story about relics, though? Okay, all right, A very funny story about relics. So I, I think it's a funny story about relics. Um, so I, I, I had made friends when I was in Boca with the um, – in Boca Raton – with uh, the, the priest of the Armenian church down the street. And he um, – so we get to talking, and I mentioned, you know, I'm at the chapel of St. Andrew. And he's like, oh, St. Andrew. He's like, I have his relics. I'm like, wait, like what? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I have a relic of St. Andrew. He said, um, he said, I was one day I was going through the sacristy, which is like where all the vestments and church stuff is, is kept. He said, I'm going through all of that. And I go through a drawer and I find there's like a whole collection of relics. He has like St. John the Evangelist. He has like the main saint of the Armenian church. He's got St. Andrew. He's just got like this whole collection. Some priest somewhere had acquired these and just sort of dumped them in a drawer. And this guy just found them and he was like if you'd like to borrow one sometime you totally can <laughs> so we borrowed the relic of saint andrew when i was installed as rector at the chapel of saint andrew from this armenian church the guy found it just sort of stashed in a drawer somewhere huh. i think it's funny amazing the relics thing the relics thing just to delve into the other the other half of what your podcast does uh the uh the relic thing is always fascinating it's always incredibly incredibly interesting uh, like like Rosslyn Chapel always makes me laugh because of the Grail thing, right? Uh, but uh, uh, one of the rumors is that there's a secret vault in the basement of Rosslyn Chapel, and inside they have the mummified head of Christ. <laughs> that's one of the one of the stories that's been going around about Rosslyn Chapel. Like, that's 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 up there. That is yeah. up there. That's not saying like this is the finger bone of some saint. That that's right. that's a pretty that's a pretty Crystal intense skull. thing to claim. <laughs> that's more other than the, was the the shroud of Turin. Yeah, yeah. I yeah the shroud of Turin, which they've determined like its age, but people still insist on it being like an actual like photocopy of Jesus. <laughs> Amazing! Um, I love it. Yeah, um, I gotta say though, having been to the Holy Land and going in some of these old churches, man, like the idea that some of this stuff could be just like stuck in a corner somewhere and somebody forgot about it, like I, I think there's some possibility there. I mean, you go to the Church of the Holy Nativity in Bethlehem and like just see the piles of ancient things that are just in a corner. Yeah, 
Oh, I know. Like I, I you know, stuff all the time. I went yeah. to uh, I went to Damascus back in two thousand seven, and in Syria, and it's like like churches and dwelling spots where like um, um, where like Paul hung out. Like there's like this little hut that's like perfectly preserved because apparently that's like where Paul lived at one point. Um, they have doors and like gates gated areas there that are the, they're supposedly like ancient and they're just there like in the marketplace for like anyone to be like oh here's a door you know um <laughs> where did matt go he's gone no it's i just he's, turned he's the, i'm seeing spots i had to turn the light off for a second like i can't see outside the car so you know how you yeah. just get like that kind of dizzy feeling <laughs> yeah no the rain's not helping okay i'm like in the ocean now <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm really just saying that so that uh, Chuck is the only one flexing that he's been to ancient uh, sites that Indiana Jones might have gone to. <laughs> I've also been to ancient sites where Indiana Jones might have gone to. Mm-hmm. I went to Rome. <laughs> he would have went there, right? Like Colosseum and stuff. No, maybe he would have went to like the college. He would have been to Rome, right? Yeah, he totally went to Venice, man. Yeah. Ah, Venice. Yeah, yeah well, um, I've been to Venice, but I was more interested that James Bond was there. But, but would he have been to Hawaii? Indiana Jones have gone to Hawaii. It's not old enough. Something would have had to be taken. He might, to he might have stopped there on the. He might have stopped there on the way to Easter Island, maybe. Probably, <laughs> and he did go to Easter Island, and 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 the uh, Indiana Jones of the Hollow Earth, uh, or was that the Interior yeah. World? He went to the Hollow Earth twice in the novels. Um, <laughs> okay, now we're getting to a whole other level. Here. <laughs> I really don't have that much time, guys. Like, that's a whole, no. um, I was going to do some stuff. I don't really, I don't really want to do it because I kind of feel like I've kind of done them throughout the episode. So my my top five thing. I've already talked about characters I like and stuff. Um, so I think I actually, honestly, I think that's a great way, great place to to end it. End. Um, yeah. Um, okay. I don't so, like endings. I don't either. I'm not good at them. Um, so like J.J. Abrams. <laughs> yeah. At least I can land one. Come on. Uh, <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> uh, okay, great. So finally, we did an episode on Indiana Jones. Way to go. Um, I want to thank Mike, uh, our fan and our contributor. Thank you so much uh, for all your contributions and for, for coming out and talking to it with us about Indiana Jones. It was a great episode. I had a great time. I know everybody else did as well. Yeah, it was great. Thank you very much for the invite. Hopefully this doesn't end with you know, a grail knight showing up on your doorstep going, you chose poorly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would happen to me. That's just my luck. It would. <laughs> you know, it ends with, for the rest of my life, telling Chuck he's wrong about that movie. We'll just <laughs> add it to Tron Legacy and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> um, I also want to thank Father Chuck and Matt for being... And don't forget Avatar, Matt. Don't forget Avatar. Oh, man. Well, the age of Avatar is upon us. Sometime. Hold on. It is. Got, it is. We gotta talk. We gotta talk about Avatar sometime, guys, because I watched it again and I didn't say that movie when I listed off the two that I think are stupid. So <laughs> we gotta. We gotta talk. I have a we'll convert. Talk. We'll talk. No, I'm not quite there, but I see it. I'm seeing the the potential and excitement. You'll be speaking Navi. Oh no. Yeah. Oh boy. No. Dude, he's gonna get one of those Navi oh, hoodies. Oh. Ferngully in space is okay. Nice. All right. Thank you so much for listening and for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, find us on Facebook, on Instagram, 
donate to our Patreon, and hey, you might get your own episode as well. You'll talk be about like whatever Mike. you want. Yeah, I'm be like proof. Mike. It can happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, join us again next time. Have a wonderful week. Good journey. Good Mahalo. Journey. Good journey. Oh, he's too good for good journey now. Mahalo.